the social life. It's the Tabin Show. The Tabin Show. Don't ask if he's single. You already know. Cause it's the Tabin Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Tabin Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Terran Show. It is episode five. I had a great conversation with Audrey last week that I hope everyone enjoyed. But this week, I have a very special guest. It's one that uh, I've been, I've very, very much been wanting to talk to this guy for a long time uh, about all kinds of things. Uh, This week, I have Jordan Parhar with me. Jordan, how are you doing? Taryn, I am so great. Uh, it is so great to be uh, back on RobHasAWebsite.com. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show today. Um, but I got to say, man, I'm, I'm really digging what you're doing. I'm very proud of you. You've come a long way from being the unofficial co-host of the Happy Hour to now having your own podcast and, you know, hosting all these Big Brother, uh, you know, RHAP episodes and doing these Big Brother live feed updates every single day. I mean, it's really crazy that, you know, you're doing all this. But I got to say, and I'm very proud of you, but I got to say, man, the Terran show, dude, <laughs> dude, you got it. I don't know who, I don't know who came up with that name, but... Uh, I really think our, you know, our mutual friend Colin Stone. He said, "Tearing it up." He said, "That's what you should name the podcast." And I, I'm with Colin. I think "Tearing it up" is should be the name of the show. I will say that you know maybe that messes with some of the theme song submissions. Um, but man, that's it's just too. You know, you're not that you're you're not a bland guy, Taryn. Come on, and that's just a bland <laughs> name. Look, I had lots of ideas for names that I workshopped with uh, a, a, a certain person that runs a certain podcast. Okay, um, and uh, we we just ended up going with uh, with the bland ones yeah. because all of my other ones were way too nerdy and obscure. What about or, or even like you? I I would have given you a happy hour. Why not the happy hour with Taryn Armstrong? It's got a great ring to it. I don't know. I feel like uh, me not drinking doesn't really you, mesh with that. You you can't <laughs> spell Armstrong. Well, I guess you can spell Armstrong without R H A P, but you know, I, I I don't know. So I I, I just want to say though, for real, congrats and everything. It's it's been great to see uh, how far you've come, and uh, you know, I I have been a little bit of a a, a silent uh, cheerleader for you because I've been uh, very busy and stuff this summer. But I just want to let you know that uh, even if I can't listen to every episode, I always download, and uh, I I'm very very proud of how far you've come. So great job, my friend. Great job. Thanks so much, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I, and, you know, you you really were very supportive of uh, of me, um, especially when you left. But uh, we, we can talk about that. Um, I, and I will say uh, regarding the name, um, it is incredibly embarrassing to ask like all of these people that I respect, like, uh, hey, um, so I know that like we haven't talked much, but will you come on this thing? Uh, it's called the Terran show. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. I have to literally say like, yes, it's embarrassing. Uh, I hate saying that. Like even, even when I'm asked, even when I'm asked, I think it's probably the same when I asked you, I was like, uh, so you did say, yeah, you did say that you're like, Hey, I mean, do you want to come on that show with the really silly name where I'm the host? <laughs> I was like, yeah. dude, you don't have, I mean, uh, dude, uh, if you, if it was an even worse name, I, I can't think of a worse one off the, off the top of my head but you know even if it was even if it was worse i'd be like yeah sure of course because you're my you're my homeboy i I do i do any podcast you host i mean i don't know man when you go to show 100 and you're being like hey i know my show his name is really embarrassing and i really don't want to ask this person i mean uh, it's gonna it's gonna put a lot of stress on you man a lot of stress i think the goal is ultimately this show will build my ego up enough 
that it becomes very natural for me to just say ah, like, yeah, come on the Terran the show. Terran you, show. You want to be on the Terran show. You know because, Terran. Yeah, yes. that's where okay. it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> off to off to a flying start, Terran, yes. as always. All right. Um, so for those who may not be familiar, but I assume most of you probably are, uh, Jordan Parhar is, uh, he went on Big Brother Canada 3. Uh, where he did very, very well, making it to the first position in jury. Hey, man, um, we'll take it. And then was kicked off jury. Yeah. Uh, and then he went on RHAP to start the Rehappy Hour podcast, uh, where him, myself, and uh, the other members of the LFC often talked about Big Brother, um, Big Brother Canada. We did season rankings, player rankings, all kinds of stuff. He also talked about things like 90 Day Fiance and other such shows. He even had a, uh, what, like a seven-hour OC? Uh, Five-and-a-half-hour, <laughs> yeah. Five-and-a-half-hour OC recap show, yeah, with Eric Stein. Very, very fun uh, if you were a fan of the OC. Definitely recommend you check that out. Yes, and uh, he recently decided to uh, quit the podcasting game, or at least the reality TV podcasting yes, game yes. Uh, for now. So um, that is where we are with Jordan. He's a very, very good friend of mine, so I'm very happy to have him on to talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, but uh, I think the first thing I wanted to ask was uh, when you were in the Big Brother Canada house, you, your parents were very involved in like the Twitter verse. Um, I remember them. It was my first season covering, and they were, uh, I think it was your mom, actually was like uh dming me like uh how's jordan doing like do you think he can get out of this one um and uh i just thought it was the sweetest thing uh like what are your parents like what was it like growing up with uh with these parents yeah so uh so yeah my mom that's so funny i didn't know my mom was actually dming you but it's when i when i was on the plane home funny just side note uh, coming home from Toronto, going back to Vancouver, my mom was like, "Hey, do you know do you know Taryn Armstrong? He's like this really <laughs> awesome guy." And Alex Kidwell, like, "Oh yeah, you know them." I was like, "No, like I don't," because you guys were new, so I, I had no idea who you guys really were yet. But um, that, that's that's awesome. But yeah, just talking about my upbringing. I mean, um, yeah, my my parents kind of they both uh, they both came from pretty humble beginnings. I would say uh, my dad, his uh, so his his parents they moved here from india probably about i think it was like a year like six months before he was born so he was like the first of his siblings to be born here um so he didn't have a lot growing up my mom uh grew up in a home where uh you know her parents weren't uh, they were, they were never married. So she, you know, was kind of bouncing around between homes and stuff like that. And I think that that really, um, because of that experience that they both had, like facing a lot of adversity growing up, I think that really, um, built a lot of character in both of them. Um, they met in high school, um, and, and then they eventually got married and, you know, had, had me and my sister and we, yeah, you know, I, I could really couldn't ask for, um, better parents. I think you look at, you know, a lot of people that go on reality TV and you don't see uh, you don't see parents out there on Twitter or social media trying to, uh, you know, uh, even even like to, to pay as much attention as they were to get being as, as invested as they were in me. I think it really just shows how much uh, they really care about me and how close uh, our family really is. So it was really, really awesome growing up uh, in my house. I mean, I, I had an unbelievable support network uh you know from from very early age on and and really um really strong role models like they really they really taught me a lot in terms of just uh like social skills and in terms of you know just just trying to be a good person um 
and trying to, you know, stand up and do the right thing. And, and they really instilled a lot of really great things in me. Um, you know, I, I've lost sight of a lot of those things along the way. Um, but I feel like I'm now at a point where I've, I've really come to appreciate uh, what they've done for me and everything that they've uh, – just everything really in general. Uh, my dad got death threats the day that I said I, – I dissed Frankie Grande one day on the feeds and my dad had like I think he said he had like 200 Twitter notifications of like Frankie stands coming after him oh no um yeah so that was that was pretty funny but and you know what the other thing too with my parents is they were um they were big brother fans as well they were big uh fans of the show the reason why I was such a big fan of big brother was uh we started uh watching as a family Every summer, starting with Big Brother 2, we'd always get together. My, my mom, my dad, my sister, and I, we'd always watch Big Brother. And every year through until Big Brother 16, that's what we did. And, and so it was kind of like a, a family bonding experience. So that was another reason why they were um, – I, I was I was really uh, lucky to have them along the way. Is they were super supportive of the whole Big Brother dream because they knew they knew what the show was about. And they were fans themselves. So, um, But, yeah, in general, just – I, I really couldn't ask for better parents. They're just both both really just awesome, awesome people and role models for me. Yeah, I've always admired, you know, uh, like the the families that are very supportive and parents that are willing to uh, to, to be there for you and, and support you. I feel like that's that's uh, very helpful uh, when, you, when you're a kid. Yeah. Like, is your family really important to you? Yeah, man. Family is like the most important thing to me in my life. Um, y- you know, like I... At the end of the day, you know, with for me, I, I think you, again, again, I mentioned earlier, like kind of, you know, I at a certain point in my life, I think I kind of like lost my way in terms of thinking about what was really important to me and what mattered most in my life. But with where I'm at right now, uh, my 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 mom and my dad and my sister Emma, those three are the most important people to me uh, in my life because they've. They've just been with me through everything, whether it was, you know, Big Brother, coming off of Big Brother, uh, you know, the successes and the failures associated with that. I had I had a major bunch of major spinal surgeries as a kid. I had a severe idiopathic scoliosis. Um, I don't know if you know what that is or if the listeners know what that, that is, but it's basically a condition where your spine doesn't really it's it, when you grow, it, it doesn't it's it's crooked. It's like shaped like an S. It's not uh shaped straight or it's not yeah it doesn't go up and down so uh and there's a bunch of rotation that goes goes in with your spine so then that causes like your your rib cage to move and it messes with your organs so it was really like uh i i had uh spinal fusion surgery when i was uh i think i was only 16 yeah i would have been 16 when that happened and that was a super like traumatic thing for me and my whole family but though just remembering that experience and how crazy that was and going through that and having them there with me just reminds me about you know how important they are to me and and how they just every step of the way for me throughout my life they've always been there uh and random fun fact alex kidwell had the exact same surgery when he was a kid which is which is really really odd that somehow we both had the same thing we ended up becoming buddies through the podcast because i had never known anyone else who had it but uh but yeah no man family Family is most important to me, man, because at the end of the day, I mean, your relationships in your life, um, that that's that's all you got. At least that's the way I look at it. And um, and, and it's it's building upon those close ones and, and strengthening them and, and nurturing them. That that is really, really important to me in my life with where I'm at right now. Well, tell me more about the surgery. When did when did that happen? Like, when did you first know that this was a, an issue? Yeah, so I didn't. So it was it, it was idiopathic scoliosis. So it wasn't a thing that uh, that I was born with. It kind of just developed 
um, over time, kind of overnight at one point. When I was a kid, I was uh, I was pretty chubby. Like I was pretty overweight. Like I was when I was in grade I, when I was in the sixth grade, I was like four foot eleven. And I was, I think I was like 143 pounds. So I was like, which is, you know, it doesn't really sound like a lot, but if you're four foot 11, that's, you know, that's kind of a lot uh, for that height <laughs> and at that age. And so I, uh, I never used to like run around with my shirt, o- shirt off or anything like that. So maybe it was one of those things where I didn't notice it because, uh, well, one, because there was a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of, uh, fat there so maybe people couldn't see it but also too just because yeah i wasn't running around the summer with my shirt off or anything so maybe nobody noticed it and you know as i got a little bit older i lost weight and um uh you know uh it slimmed out a little bit and i remember i was in gym class in the ninth grade and i was changing and there was this one kid in my class who was kind of like an asshole but he was like he's like oh parhar your back's fucked up eh and i was like (sighs) I was like, like what? And he's like, you're back. He's like, that's really messed up. And I was like, I, I was like, this guy's just being an idiot. My back's fine. I'm not me- like, I got nothing wrong. And then I went home. And I was a little paranoid about it. So I asked my mom. I was like, Mom, can you like take a look at my back and like see what's up? And and she looked at it and she was like, Oh, that's that that doesn't really look normal. So anyway, long story short, we went to go see a doctor. Uh, got X-rays done. They noticed that. Oh yeah, my spine was uh, uh crooked. It wasn't shaped properly. Uh, ended up going through, uh, I had to go to a, a BC Children's Hospital, which is uh, the Children's Hospital in uh, Vancouver, which is, uh, you know, the closest one to from where I live. Uh, and yeah, I ended up having the surgery uh, going into uh, the 12th grade. So it, that was, uh, it was a pretty long recovery process. It really took me like a year to kind of get back to normal. Um, but it was a good experience for me because it kind of showed me that before I had had that surgery, I was very... Uh, I was very like academically minded. I was very, I was closed minded in a lot of ways. I was like, just school was super important to me. I, I was, I would stress out about it a lot. I would, uh, worried about it. I would, I felt like I was more judgmental towards other people as well. And then when I had the surgery and I came out of it and I was okay, I think it kind of gave me a new lease on life. And I realized that, you know, life's too short to kind of just stress and worry all the time about, um, stuff that, you know, the grand in the grand scheme of things isn't as important. I think I might have taken that a little too far in terms of slacking a little bit. And, and, and you know, my senior year of high school and, uh, you know, my first few years of, of college. But I do think that in the long run, just that whole experience and, and going through it, I think it really helped me out. And I, I did. Uh, they said that, you know, after I had that surgery, I was done and I wouldn't have to have spine surgery again. And I was like, OK, cool. I'm fine. Um, but then when I was, I think it was, yeah, so it would have been, uh, two years after that. It was my, I just, I was doing my spring semester, uh, first year of, uh, college. I actually had like this, this growth was like on my back. It was like huge, uh, kind of like on where the incision of, uh, where the surgery was. Cause there's this like huge, I had this huge like scar down my back. And so again, same thing. When in doubt, I always go to my mom, and I was like, I took my shirt off. I was like, Mom, what, what's you know? Do you feel this like thing on my back? And she was like, Oh yeah, let's go to the hospital or go see your surgeon and see what's up. And uh, I had an infection that I guess had got in from like the initial surgery that was like remained dormant for like two years, and then slowly, slowly, slowly grew. Uh, so, so I had to have another two back surgeries to like take all the rods out, clean everything up. I had to have my back open for a couple of days. It was a really lengthy process. I had to drop out of school for that semester. It really messed up my, uh, my schooling for a little bit there, but, uh, yeah. So it was, a. I eventually got it all sorted out. I had this like crazy blood infection and I had to carry around this like 
Uh, I had to get a pick line put in my arm, and I had to carry around like this IV pump, which was like a purse for like eight weeks, uh, so that they could uh, pump like uh, IV drugs into me to clear the uh, infection out of me. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty crazy process and uh, a lot of stress for for my family and for me as well. But um, again, at the end of the day, I think both of those experiences just show just it helped me realize that hey. Sometimes, you know, yeah, it's okay to stress and yeah, you know, you can get worried about things in life. But at, at the end of the day, like life is too short to worry about and just be happy for every, uh, you know, I, I'm just happy for every day, man, that I, I'm, I can walk around and I can live a normal life because considering, you know, all the, the crazy uh, medical issues that I've had. Uh, you know, if I was born like 50 years earlier, I, I, I don't know what the quality of life I would have been living. So, um, it was definitely a positive in that sense. Well, I can imagine how that would completely just reshape your entire outlook. Like being so young, I mean, it must've been terrifying to, to learn this about yourself that you needed surgery. Like what did you, did you think, like, what was your thought process when you found that out? Like, were you thinking this could, this could be, this could change my life forever? Yeah. So the first time, uh, the first time was really tough because, you know, I was still in high school. I was still, you know, uh, I was insecure about a lot of things and I was really, uh, I really worried about like all the, the wrong things that could happen. Um, I had been playing like pretty high level hockey at that point. I was playing, uh, I had just finished, um, I just finished my first season of junior varsity football. I was uh, I was starting defensive back, so I was like doing well. I was like, you know, a thing I don't think a lot of people probably know about me is like, yeah, I was a, you know, I wasn't an all star athlete, but I was like a decent like athlete in, in high school. And then once I had found out that I had to get this surgery done, I, I, I that. All that was thrown out the window. I couldn't play contact sports anymore. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to be able to ice skate again or run or even hell. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to walk normally again. Um, so because it's a really invasive and, and pretty crazy surgery. Um, so if you want to if you want to see what it looks like, you can YouTube. But I actually I had never seen it until like one of my uh, friends who's in med school sent me a video of the actual surgery the other day. And I wanted to throw <laughs> up. It's pretty disgusting what they actually do. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I in that sense it was super scary i was super nervous about it and i and i kept thinking but the first time i went through it i kept thinking about the negative and then the second time i went through it i was in this phase of my life where i was going through i had kind of uh i'd kind of I've gotten kind of like religious for a bit which i don't know if you know probably not a lot of people know that but i was really into religion and christianity in particular and I think it was partially inspired by by Tim Tebow. I don't know. Do you know who Tim Tebow is, Taryn? I've heard the name. Yeah. So t- yeah. So Tim Tebow is like this really like I love Tim Tebow so much, and he was this uh, this quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He played. You know, he was an amazing college uh, football player as well. And he was. You know, he would always uh, say one thing. He would always say is like, I don't know what my what my future holds but i know who holds my future and that was one quote that i always used to go back to and you know i i do believe in a higher power now i don't necessarily uh know what that is i'd say i, I lean a little bit more towards uh, the agnostic side of things but that belief and that uh, mindset really helped me get through that that second set of surgeries because that was i i thought i was done with everything i thought i was completely fine i thought i had nothing to worry about and then i kind of just got blindsided by having to have those two surgeries in the middle of uh the, that spring semester there of college um 
and I just had a new girlfriend, a new relationship, and I was really, you know, I, I thought, okay, this could mess with that. And I, I, I mean, if it would have been the old me, I would have I probably worried a lot more about it. But because I had this new outlook on just trying to be more positive, um, it really helped get me through the whole process. And I ended up being okay, and everything worked out. Uh, I, I eventually ended up breaking up with that girlfriend um, after being in the hospital for so long because I just realized that I, I wasn't seeing her and I, I didn't really miss her, uh, which was bad. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it ultimately worked out for me and it kind of gave me a new lease on life and, um, a new perspective on things, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. Well, do you, do you think that that first experience sort of, uh, helped lead you toward that, uh, that idea of being a little more religious? Like, I mean, I can imagine where it's like, it, like when I was in high school, I had all sorts of like legitimate concerns, but if, if I had had some sort of, you know, life altering, uh, thing like that happened to me, I think a lot of those would have just dissipated and, and just been like, it would have completely changed my entire view of, of like what life was. Yeah. It definitely put things into, uh, into perspective for me for sure. And I don't know, like that whole religious, uh, period of my life, I, that wasn't, I mean, yeah, I guess it was kind of like, you know, it kind of, I guess you could say, I never really thought about it that way. But yeah, I would say the first, that first surgery, that first, you know, when I was able to take those first steps again and walk and, and start to get back to my old life. Um, yeah, I, I started to, I, I mean, I, I was just so grateful that I was able to do it. And it kind of gave me, yeah, more of a, um, it just, it just reminded me more of like what was important and just, just got me thinking about other things as well. So I would definitely say for sure that that, that definitely helped inspire uh, that religious period of my life. Do you, do you ever worry now, like because it was something that you thought was over and then it came back, do you ever worry that that's going to happen to you again? Oh man, I don't. I really don't. Because I, I, um, I mean, I, I probably should. Uh, but, but no, you know, after the second time it happened, I just kind of felt like, okay, like I've beaten this, like I'm done and, and it's good and I don't have to worry about it. And, you know, I, I went for, you know, I went for a bunch of tests and, and a blood tests to make sure like the infection was gone after in, in the, in the months following. And then I also, went for, you know, regular checkups with my surgeon to make sure, you know, my back wasn't uh, going crooked again and I had to get rods put in my spine again to straighten it out. And that and I should have probably framed it as that or mentioned that earlier is basically the surgery is is they, they cut you open, they drill, uh, they drill holes in your uh, vertebrae and then they put screws in them and then they um, attach rods to each side of your spine and then that straightens you out and gets your back to... Um, you know, uh, straight. So, uh, when they had the, so the first surgery was putting that in the second set of surgeries that I had, which was two years later was them taking them all out because this infection that I had that had, that had built up from the, uh, that it was lying dormant, that had come from that first surgery, uh, that, um, that uh, infection was living on the uh, titanium rods that were in my back and they couldn't, you know, they could treat it, but they were never going to fully, it was never going to fully die unless they, you know, pulled all of the hardware out of my back. So um, that's what they had to do. And I never, thankfully, have have not had to have anything put back in, haven't had to have surgery again. So uh, knock on wood, we're good for now. I'm not going to worry. Uh, I, I think I'm in the clear, Taryn. I think, I mean, who knows? <laughs> but uh, I, I just feel like that's not really a good way to live. I don't like to worry about things. I just kind of like to, to live my life and, and think positively and, and, uh, and, and look forward and not in the past.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's really, I mean, unless there's something that you can be doing that you're not, there's really no point in, yeah, uh, in exactly. thinking about it, you know, but how much of it do you carry with you? Like, uh, like, you know, it changed your perspective, but you know, I think what can happen is, you know, people will go through a life altering situation or a, or a situation where like maybe they came close to death and then they have this sort of like revelation or a new perspective that kind of then fades away after a little bit of time because you get back to regular life and things get mundane again. And then like little things feel huge again, even though they felt so small before. Right. Um, and, and I think in a lot of ways, people they prefer that they even though they liked the revelation immediately following the thing, they want to leave it in the past and not have to always think about it and think about it in, in those kinds of terms. Um, do, like, where do you stand on that? Like, do you do you really carry this with you or do you feel like it's behind you and you sort of like you're living your life in a different way now? Yeah, I mean, I carry it with me and then I, I wake up every day in pain. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I would say for sure that. There is a little bit of complacency there. I think that, uh, I mean, at first, I think in those first, like, few years, in the first run, like, the first time, like, in between uh, the initial surgery and the second set, I, I kind of, like, uh, yeah, I, I noticed, like, probably about, like, a year and a half in, I started, you know, uh, getting, you know, more stressed about things, and uh, I would, uh, I kind of had, I had this weird phase where I'd get really, like, angry over stuff and, like, kind of lose my shit for, like, no reason, um, and I think that that, you know, uh, that that was really a thing that, you know, uh, was not happening when I had initially just had um, the surgery. But then the influx of the the religious stuff and the second surgery, once that kind of happened, that kind of died with me. And I think and I think that um, I, I have really just kept up with it and carried on the, you know, trying to be positive and that kind of attitude. And, there, you know, I've had my lows. I've had times where I've been depressed and, and it's been tough. But um, I think the combination of the surgeries that I had, the spine surgeries and the whole experience with Big Brother, I think that those together have given me enough reminders in my life that, hey, sometimes, you know, you don't need to sweat the small stuff. There are much bigger things you need to worry about in the grand scheme of things. Do you think you've you've become a, a better and happier person because of that surgery? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I would say I, I have for sure. I think that, you know, again, before I was I was more close minded. I was more uh, I was not as willing to take risks. I think now one thing I really pride myself on is that if I'm in a situation where I don't like something in my life or I don't like, you know, I just don't like what's going on. Um, I'm I'm willing I'm one of those guys that I'm willing to roll the dice to change it up see what happens to try to make myself happier by making a change by doing something and it might be something that's scary and it might be something that's unfamiliar and I might be going into uncharted waters um, but I, I I think that I'm more willing to do that because I had that experience where I you know I thought that I was gonna lose everything um, I, I I became more willing to try new things and to to take risk and go for it because hey even when you do face crazy things sometimes you you can always get back up and you can always regroup and and try to figure out uh you know something new and and uh a different way of approaching things even if uh it didn't go as according to plan uh, as several things in my life have gone uh in between uh that surgery and now so so yeah i think it's definitely maybe a happier and a better person because i don't know if i would have been as willing to you know roll the dice and take as many risks uh, as i have um from that time between then and now
Yeah, I've always I've always sort of been like interested in that question of myself having gone to the harp. Just like those things made me who I am today, and I and I like who I am today, and I and I and I appreciate the fact that I was able to get here because I faced those things. But then it's like, would I rather not have faced those things? Like because I certainly often find myself like, well, it, life would have been great if if things had been happy and fun, um, but. Would I be the same person I am now? Would I be a, a worse person? Would it be a better person? Um, it's it's kind of like a, an interesting question to to look at it and just be like, you know, that was an awful thing that happened, but was it actually for the better, or was it? Could I have been who I am now without that happening? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't either. And that's a super interesting question for sure to debate. And I've thought about, you know, I thought about this a lot in terms of. Uh, big brother, like was my, would my life, I'm happy with where I'm at. And I think that the experience was great and everything, but, uh, in some regards, but would my life, would I've been able to get here without that experience? And would that have, you know, what would have happened if I hadn't have done it? And that's a question I'll never know the answer to. Um, but you know, I, I like to live in a world where you, we we all fail at a lot of things or we all and we all face things that uh, are tough and they're they're hard and i think that they build character and they teach us new things so i like to live in a world where as hard as some things are and as as traumatic and awful as, as some things are in in your in people's lives um i do think that you know we we do come out a lot of times we can come out on the other side of things a lot stronger than we were initially because until you're you're tested until you're faced with these uh, major life altering events um, or, or super traumatic or awful events, you don't really know what you're capable of, what you're made of. And once you come through on the other side out of that thing, once you are able to climb that mountain to get back to, to where you were at before to get back to or get to an even better place, um, I don't think you can get there unless you face those really tough challenges in your life. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I almost I kind of think of it in terms and and I do this a lot, actually, in my real life. But I think about it in terms of Big Brother, where it's like, uh, you know, you look at somebody like Derek, who went through the game with very little adversity um, yes. and ends up winning. And, you know, things were great for him. But then you look at somebody like Dan, who faced a ton of adversity throughout the entire both of his games um, and comes out on the other side looking much stronger and, and uh, much more impressive and really knows what he's capable of in terms of like, uh, you know, facing adversity and getting through it. And I think he's a better player because of it, because yes. he had to face those things. Uh, whereas we don't really know what Derek is capable of, of. And I'm not sure he knows himself either, because like what happens if Donnie wins that HOH and he has to face some some more of that adversity. Um, it, so it's it's a weird situation because a lot of people face as much adversity as Dan did and they fail. Right. And, yes. and like they certainly weren't glad that they faced that adversity. They would much rather be in the Derek position. But if you are Dan and you were able to get through it, you're kind of grateful for the fact that you had to go through it. Uh, no, absolutely, man. And I think that's the one thing where, you know, we uh, we did a winner ranking podcast uh, a couple of years ago and there was a big debate between Alex Kidwell, myself and you over who's better, Dr. Will or Dan. <laughs> and I think the big thing with Dan is, yeah, man, he faced so much adversity in that game. And I think that's the thing with Derek, too. I think that people say Derek is one of the best winners of the game. And, you know, everybody's it's all subjective. People can say what they want to say. And I think, you know, Derek himself would probably say he's the best winner of of all time, but I would have to disagree with that because you know what, Taryn, if I had never faced any adversity on Big Brother, uh, people would remember me as a pretty good player. But yeah. as soon as I faced one thing, everything went down the drain, and everything went uh, it all went it all went haywire for me. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's still good. He's still a great player. He's awesome, but 
he's not as good as somebody like a, a Dan or a, a Dr. Will or a, even somebody like an Andy, from my perspective, um, just because facing that adversity, it, it's so huge in life and in when you're looking at these reality TV games. It really if you can overcome that, if you can beat that, I mean, damn, that's that's impressive. That's very, very impressive. If, if you can do something like that, anybody can inherit millions and millions of dollars and, and go on to have a very successful and happy life. But it's the guy that, that comes from nothing who has, you know, who's who's facing, uh, you know, all this adversity, who uh, who's uh, uh, a renaissance man who builds himself up and becomes, you know, becomes something. Maybe he's not going to have, uh, you know, billions of dollars, but I- I'm more impressed by the millionaire who's able to do that. Or even the guy who's not even a millionaire, somebody who's just able to uh, build a life for himself. More, I'm way more impressed by that than somebody who just was handed or given a lot of things or didn't really have to face a lot of challenge along the way. Yeah, the little fingers of the world. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. See, so, yeah, and I feel like another part of being able to get through adversity is the support system you have. And I think like the reason you were able to come through on the other side of the adversity that you faced with with your back was that you had this support system from your family and you had these supportive parents. Um, would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and not only my parents, I mean, my sister is like, Emma, she's like my best friend. And I think that having all having all three of them uh, there for me like they were i mean that uh, uh, yeah i mean that that really is what made the difference because i knew that no matter what if i was you know not going to walk again or uh, who knows what was going to happen that they would take care of me they would look out for me and and they'd help me get through it so it definitely knowing that you have those people behind you it totally makes a world of a difference when you're going through something crazy like that, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. And, you know, if people people say nice things about their family most of the time, but I, I can attest Jordan's family is very nice, very sweet. <laughs> Thank you, Taryn. <laughs> Thank you. Um, OK, so when did you find RHAP? Uh, so I found RHAP. I was uh, so uh, I had gotten back into Survivor Heroes versus Vil- for Heroes versus Villains. Uh, I stopped watching, I think, after Guatemala, so I had taken a bit of a break. Heroes versus Villains is on. My one friend in high school was watching Survivor, and he was telling me about, oh, you got to watch. There's this guy, Russell. He's so crazy on Samoa, and you got to see Heroes versus Villains. It's so good. So I was like, all right, I'll check out Survivor. This will be fun. And so I watched Heroes versus Villains. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. Then I saw Nicaragua was coming out, and I was like, ah, I don't know any of these new people. I don't really want to watch that. So uh, I didn't watch Nicaragua. Uh, and then uh, Redemption Island came out after that. Uh, I was still in high school at the time. I didn't find – I mean I, I hadn't really found the on, like online Survivor discussion anywhere at all. So I, my, the, my only discussion about Survivor was just like with my friends in high school. I loved Boston Rob. Boston Rob was my favorite. Uh, Boston Rob was like one of my heroes. Like I loved Boston Rob so much. Uh, he was just my absolute favorite. So when I saw – I didn't watch Nicaragua. When I saw I was on Redemption Island, I watched Redemption Island. I am one of the few people that loves Redemption Island because yeah. I loved loved seeing Boston Rob just wreck that game and, and just finally win. It was one of the most what, – oh, seriously, it, it's, it's crazy that this is the case. But one of the more satisfying moments of my life at that, up to that point was seeing Boston Rob win Survivor Redemption Island. So that was great. And after that season, I thought, okay, I should probably – like I'm, I'm into Survivor now. I've seen two of the last three seasons again. I, I love this show. I, I remembered why I, I fell in love with it as a kid and so uh, I was getting excited for South Pacific I had uh, you know I just recently rewatched Token Sheens I loved Coach so I thought it was gonna be a lot of fun 
And uh, I, I was just looking for stuff on the internet. I remember in September um, of that year before it came on, and I came across the Immunity blog, which was uh, a little blog on CBS.com written by a man named Rob Sesternino. And I read it, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And at the end, he said, hey, check out my podcast. Rob has a podcast. So I was like, okay. Uh, I imagine this is like Survivor Talk. And I had just gotten into podcasts, and I mainly was listening to like sports ones. But I thought, hey, if I, you know... I, I like Survivor. I listen to a Survivor podcast. Why not? And I, I listened to it. Uh, the I think the first one I listened to was Rob uh, Rob and Nicole talked to Andrea Belke, and I loved it. And I thought it was awesome. And then I just kept listening, and I, I became more and more into it. And I started, you know, commenting on the you know on the Facebook page and uh, and stuff, and trying to get involved in the show. And some of my questions got read on the air, and it was it was super exciting. And I loved it. And I really loved the dynamic that Rob and Nicole had. So. Uh, I, from there, I, yeah, I really fell in love with it. And I, I was already, you know, watching big brother. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I took a break with survivor. I never took a break with big brother just because there was nothing ever on in the summer. So once I found out that he covered big brother as well, I thought this is great. Big brother 14 was coming up. Uh, and, and when that was on, I was all in on RHAP as well, just because that was just such an amazing season. And it was so good to have that, that content to, to be a little, uh, uh, t- to accompany me through my journey of watching uh, Big Brother 14. So, so yeah, that's really how I got into it, became a super diehard fan of RHAP and of Rob and of everything that he was doing. So then when Big Brother Canada started, did you immediately think, like, I want to I wanna actually do this? Had it been something that you wished you had been able to do before then? Yeah, so that's it, funny. It's because, yeah, when I was in high, like, so... After I had had uh, after I had had the the first back surgery, I really was like, "That's Heroes versus Villains is on." I was still in high school. Uh, actually, no, I think I'd maybe just seen Heroes versus Villains. I don't know. I was really into Survivor, so I had and I really wanted to go on Survivor someday. But the problem was, yeah, I was Canadian. I could never play. So my game plan was I wanted to go to law school, become a lawyer, move down to the United States. And then when I was like 28 or 30 or whatever, when I was old enough to, you know, have been working long enough and to have my American citizenship, I was going to apply to be on Survivor. But then when I saw, yeah, Big Brother Canada came out, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I can finally get on this show. I get on one of these shows that I've been dying to you know, participate in. And so, yeah, I was really excited. I was really pumped. And uh, so that summer, I was at a really terrible job. I was working uh, at a at a grain elevator, and I don't even know which is which. I had no idea even what that was. Technically, I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, it's basically it was like a factory that like produces grain and like ships it out to like uh, or like uh, puts it on like ships uh, from conveyor belts to like ships that come into like this port and then like exports it to like uh, I don't know like other countries. I I. I, I, to be honest, I couldn't even really tell you how it works now. Uh, but I used to have to work like basically in this grain factory, like cleaning up and like grain that spilled, and like I'd have to like sweep up dust. And it was like this thing was like built in like I don't know, like 1905. It was really old and run down and crappy and like scary. I used to have to work like night shift, and like rats would like there were like pipes over my head, and they'd always like run on top of me. I used to have to always like crouch down to like uh, to clean the conveyor belts and stuff like that. It was it was just terrible. I hated it. Um, and uh, that whole summer, I just kept thinking the whole time, okay, I'm gonna get on because I I needed that job because I needed a way to pay for school, and I thought, okay, well. 
uh, I'm not doing this job again. I can't do this next summer. So I need a way to somehow make money to pay for school. And I was like, oh, the only way I can do that is, well, better get on Big Brother because they had just announced it. So that whole summer I would go to work. And while I was working, while I was sweeping and doing other like odd jobs and uh, uh, crazy dumb things um, on my night shifts, I would always think about, okay, what do I need to do get, to get on Big Brother? How can I get on Big Brother? How can I get cast in Big Brother Canada? This is really going to help me out. And that whole summer, that's basically um, all I did. And I was really, you know, getting myself mentally prepared and thought, okay, this is great. I'm going to be able to get on this this show. I bought Dan Geesling's book. I thought this is awesome. Uh, I made an audition tape. I sent it in. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard nothing and I was very, very disappointed. <laughs> so that's, that's basically kind of my thoughts when Big Brother Canada first got announced. So were you in communication with Rob at all through any of this when you were trying to, to apply? Yeah. So I applied the first time and I heard nothing back and I thought, okay, uh, well, I need to change something. Clearly I didn't do, I didn't follow Dan's, uh, advice, uh, correctly, uh, so, uh, and if you want to see my audition video, I actually, no, I think I took it down from my YouTube because it's just too embarrassing and I just don't <laughs> want to have anything. I want less stuff of me on the internet than there already is. Um, but, uh, uh so I, I didn't know what to do. And, and Rob actually had announced that he was doing consulting for people who were applying for survivor. And this was in, I think this was like October uh, of 2012. And so uh, I was like, hey, okay, like I'll, I'll reach out to Rob. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tweet him or I'll, I'll, I'll send him a thing saying, hey, I don't have a Survivor tape, but can you look at my Big Brother Canada tape? And he said, sure. So uh, that's when I had actually, that was the first time I actually had talked uh, to Rob one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. And so we had like, a, I signed up for like a 45-minute Skype call. He went on with me for like an hour and a half. We went through like step-by-step -step over everything with my video. Um, and he just gave me advice and he just, you know, he, he was like, okay, yeah, you're like, basically my video is me like screaming for like three minutes. And he was like, okay, that's not really going to work. This is what we need to do. And he kind of, he really just coached me through it and it was really great. And he said, uh, you know, Hey, keep me posted on how things go. It was like really great chatting with you. And that really, I think that experience with Rob, the fact that he kind of went above and beyond to help me out with that, that was what really sold me on not just Rob as a podcast, but Rob Sesternino as a person. Um, that really had caused me to buy into to Rob and everything he was all about and become just like a diehard supporter of his. And that's kind of where the, the peak of my RHAP fandom came from. Awesome. So that, that help eventually does get you on to big brother Canada. Um, that was, was that your third time or second time? Yeah. Trying? Yeah. So, so what happened was, so I applied for season one, heard nothing back, talked to Rob. He gave me some good advice. I wanted to get some more experience, so I applied for Amazing Race Canada with my, my best friend from high school, um, and I used Rob's advice, and we actually got to like the top 15 in Canada for Amazing Race Canada, so we almost got on the Amazing Race Canada, um, and luckily we got cut. I was a little nervous we were going to get on, because I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I want to do Big Brother. <laughs> That's what I want to do. And so I was very grateful that, that we didn't get on. And then uh, Big Brother Canada 2 came around. Um, I sent in another video. They invited me to the open call. So it wasn't really like a, yes, we want you 100%. We want to see you first. So I went to an open casting call. Um, and you can hear about all my casting story if you go listen to the How to Get in Reality TV podcast I did with Dan Geesling. I kind of go through the whole thing. But um, I applied for season two. I went very far. And I went to this open casting call after I sent in my video. I went very far in the casting process. Uh, I got cut from the show about a month before uh, Big Brother Canada 2 was supposed to air. Uh, and then uh, applied again for Big Brother Canada 3, and that's when I finally got on.
Oh, man. So you had a very interesting experience on Big Brother Canada 3. Um, uh, between, I mean, coming into the house, right? Like you... Uh, you were this uh, this guy that you were a virgin. You were, uh, I think, like you, you were kind of like seen as this nerdy guy. Did you did you feel like the nerdy guy coming in? Oh, yeah. Like, I totally felt like the nerdy guy going in. And it was funny. Like, I don't think I think for a lot of people at home that like from my hometown watching it, I mean, they thought like some people who really knew me were surprised to see that because if you see me in my everyday life, I don't really wear glasses. I have glasses. Like I, I, I'm very blind, uh, but I wear contact lenses. So uh, most people didn't see me in glasses. I never wear bow ties. Um, you know, I wasn't that nerdy. It was really like a caricature of myself. Like it was basically like all the nerdy parts of me on steroids because I would say like going into the house, I was a, uh, a regular average guy who just happened to like really be into nerdy things, but I wasn't like, you know, I didn't really view myself as being like the typical nerd. Like I didn't view myself as like being super socially awkward or being like uh, not able to, you know, fit in with other people. I, I had a pretty... I had a pretty easy, you know, as hard as much other than those back surgery stuff. I, high school was pretty fun for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I had lots of friends. Um, I fit in with I kind of was like a jack of all trades. I fit in with lots of different groups of people. So um, I didn't I knew I was going to be the nerd on the cast, but I wouldn't say I was strictly a nerd in my real life. I just happened to really be into a lot of nerdy things. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely own the title that. Yeah, I'm a nerd for sure. Um, but I just wouldn't say, I, I would say that I wasn't the, the typical nerd per se that was cast on Big Brother. Well, you definitely experienced a lot of things in the house. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you end up losing your virginity. You, yes. Uh, you experienced I mean, not, being... not in the house, in, in the jury house, <laughs> yes. but yes. Yes. Same, same thing. Same thing. Uh, almost. Um, you, uh, <laughs> you were a mastermind. You were a fool. You were betrayed. Yep. Uh, now, you know, coming out of the house, you've got a ton of attention. Did this feel like like a big turning point in your life? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was just like a lot. It was uh, and it was crazy. I think it was one of those things where um, in terms of thinking like why I wanted to apply, like there were uh, going back and comparing that to like what I actually experienced, like part of like so part of the reason why I applied was. What, what, like partially because I was such a huge fan of the show and I, I really enjoyed it and I wanted to, you know, I thought, hey, this money will, could help me and also, like, you know, the experience will be fun. But I also kind of thought like going on the show would help like fix a lot of things in my life um, that I that I wasn't like feeling the greatest about. Like I, I, I wasn't 100 percent sure with what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. That was something that I was like insecure about. Um, I had this group of friends like in high school that I was really close with, but the only thing that really bonded us was like our experience in high school, like with the fact that we went to the same school together. We didn't really have a lot of the same um, interests per se, at least this this crowd that I was hanging out with at that time. And and they had kind of branched off and made like some new friends and they were doing some other new things. And, and I wasn't I, I was, you know, trying to like hang on to that group of friends and trying to you know, prove my worth and prove that, you know, I was a good friend and, and someone, you know, that was valuable to keep around. But uh, the more and more that, you know, as time would, went on, they would kind of, you know, make plans without me or they would kind of just, you know, they, they were going off with, you know, their new friends. And uh, I, I wasn't I was feeling like I needed to somehow rope them back in and, and show to them, hey, like I, I'm a good friend and I'm somebody you want to be friends with. Like I'm, quote unquote, cool. 
you know, and, and I felt like going on the show would help me with that. Um, and I, I also felt too, like, um, because I had such good parents that, you know, really supported me, I think I had always felt like they had wanted me to be, uh, be a lawyer or be a doctor, be a surgeon, be like, have some like really successful career, uh, successful on paper per se. Um, something that you can point to and be like, oh yeah, that guy's like a big deal. He's, he's blank. Uh, and I wasn't really doing that with my life at that point. So I felt like I was letting them down too in my life. So there was all this stuff that was, that was, that was kind of going on in terms of like my thought process for applying and, and my reasoning for wanting to get on the show. And, and I had also too, like, there was this other hat, like one half of my extended family, like I, I was never really close with them because they were like, I, 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 they they were like religious. Um, they, they were all Jehovah's Witnesses, so they there was never really a huge connection there. But I thought, hey, if I'm on this show, you know, maybe they're gonna feel like, oh, okay, like we'll we'll uh, we'll appreciate you, Jordan. Like you were on this TV show, like haha, whatever. And I so anyway, I had all these like these thoughts about about going on the show and thinking, okay, when I go on the show and I play, uh, and if I win, awesome. But even if I don't win, I'm going to come out and all of these problems, all of these things that I have going on are going to get fixed because uh, in terms of what I want to do with my life, I'll be able to, you know, have opportunities for, you know, career media or something like that. And, you know, all the, you know, all the relationship stuff will sort itself out and this will be great. And, um, and I thought that's what was going to happen. And I came out and when I first came out, um, yeah, it was a whirlwind. There was a lot of people that, uh, were, uh, you know, reaching out to me like, Hey, Jordan, JP, what's up? Like, we love you, man. Like, f like people from like way back from high school that I hadn't heard from in a long time. And, um, and I was getting definitely more attention than I was used to. And I, and I was enjoying it. And I, there was people that, you know, big brother fans, like it'd be, I'd get recognized and stuff. And that was really cool. Um, and I liked that, but, um, I slowly started to realize like this, all the stuff that like I thought was going to happen, like none of that actually came true and none of that really happened or changed in my life. And it actually like for most of those things that I wanted to make better, most, if not all of those things got worse as a result of going on the show. So, uh, so yeah, it definitely changed my life for sure. And it, it wasn't really at all what I had expected going in. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about some of those things that that became worse. Um, I, I is one of them. Uh, what happened with Cindy? Well, I mean, yeah, okay, and that was another thing too. Was I thought I I didn't get any attention from girls. I was yeah, I was a virgin, and I was you know insecure about that. And you know, I had you know lots of friends who had relation long term relationships, and I never was that kind of guy. Not you know, I had like one girlfriend, that one girlfriend that I broke up with after I had my second surgery. But that was pretty much it in my life at that point. So yeah, I also thought, oh, if I go on this show like girls will want to date me because I was on TV or because like they can see that I'm a good dude or whatever, um, which is totally like the wrong way to go about things. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. And, and sure enough, I, you know, I go in the house and I meet Cindy and I'm like, okay, like whatever. Like I didn't really expect anything to happen. And then, uh, you know, one thing led to another and then we were in a showmance, which I never in a million years, I know like in my pregame interviews, I was a total douchebag and like played up this character that I was like, uh, you know, uh, this villain and this guy that I really wasn't. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to get a showmance. I didn't want a showmance. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, there's not at all what I wanted or what I expected out of it. But, yeah, it fell into my lap. And because I was young and stupid and I was just like, okay, well, uh, this girl's attractive. So, yeah, sure, I guess I'll go for it and start making out with her on, on national television. Why not? Uh, so, yeah, that definitely was not what I expected. And, 
uh yeah I, I definitely did not expect to lose my virginity going on the show either so that was uh that was something that was definitely unexpected well i mean basically your your experience there was um like not not only unexpected but it, you know obviously didn't exactly probably meet what you had hoped it would be right yeah no definitely not i mean like it it certainly did not meet what i expected i mean i uh you know like i I really cared a lot about Cindy and I thought that, Hey, like this is going to be, uh, I, I mean, I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't want to be crazy and think we're, Oh, we're going to get married or be together for everything or forever or anything like that. But, you know, I, I did think, okay, Hey, maybe this could go somewhere. I really, you know, Cindy wasn't the typical girl that I would go for, but she really did intrigue me because she has, she has a way about her. She really does that. I, I, I admire that quality about her. And I know, I think, she does rub some people the wrong way, but she is a very, um, and she does, you know, she, at least the way I saw it was that, you know, she kind of put up a front, like that she was a little bit abrasive when I first went in the house, but I could see like deep down, um, she was like a very like caring, uh, caring person. And she'd been through a lot in her life. And I, I really, uh, you know, I felt for her in that regard as well, in, in that regard. And I, I, I wanted to, you know, get to know her better. And, and I was just very intrigued by her and interested in her. And obviously, you know, things didn't work out. And, um, and I don't blame her for that at all. I mean, there was, she had no business at all, uh, <laughs> being in a showman's with me. And also like for multiple reasons, but also too, I mean, we we're just at different places in our lives. And also she was, I, she turned 26 on the show. I was 21. There was a huge age gap there as well. And just in terms of experience, I mean, I, yeah, I was a virgin. I had no idea what I was doing in terms of relationships or anything. And she had, she had been engaged. She had been through, um, you know, she had been through a lot. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, was I disappointed that it didn't work out? Absolutely. But in hindsight, looking back, do I uh, falter for or, or for it not working out? No, absolutely not. Because, uh, you know, it, it, there was a there was a, a big a big gap there between the two of us. Yeah. Well, you also had this this friendship with Zach. You were in this uh, this secret uh, tight alliance with Zach. You were the Newport Alliance. Uh, but he ultimately ends up sort of uh, obviously you volunteered to be put on the block, but you didn't volunteer to not be taken off the block. And in a lot of ways, he kind of ends up screwing you over in the game. Mm, yeah. Uh, what was that like? I mean, obviously, you talked about like having these friends that you were kind of pulling away from. Did you feel like this was going to be like a good relationship but and, and and if so, like, how did that turn out? Yeah. So the Zach thing was really, really crazy. I think for me, uh, Zach reminded me of a lot of uh, the guys I was friends with back home. And so I viewed Zach as one of those guys. I viewed him as like, OK, he's like one of my close friends. I love this guy. He's awesome. We worked. We worked really well together for a month. I mean, we did uh, and we did really well together. So, yeah, I, I really uh, I put a lot of faith in him, a lot of trust in him. And, uh, you know, he did what he thought was best for his game. So I don't fault him for it at all. Um, was I hurt by it? Absolutely. I mean, it was impossible not to be in that situation, um, especially because not only did it ruin my game, but just because I thought that, you know, him and I were tighter uh, than that. I thought we were able to, you know, see eye to eye more on things. And, and that kind of just opened my eyes a little bit. But you know, uh, yeah, it, it definitely hurt, and and Zach and I certainly are not as close uh, post show as I uh, had thought we would have been uh, at one point. However, um, 
I still really like Zach a lot, <laughs> which, uh, you know, I don't know if 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 uh, people would expect that, but he's a really good dude. And, and did he did he make a mistake? Yeah. Did, has he made mistakes in his life? Absolutely. But so have I. So does everybody. And, you know, it, it, it's all good. I mean, it's all it's fine. It was hard at, at first, but, you know, we've talked post show. Everything's all good, and, and he's he's doing great with everything he's got going on in his life, and I I, I really respect uh you know uh, what he's done post show with things, and um he's been very supportive of me too post show, which I've really appreciated. Like when I left RHAP, you know he reached out to me. He's like, hey man, I read your blog. I, I'm really proud of you and the decision you made and everything. And you know even all, all, while I was doing the podcast, he'd see, like when I was like top five in the iTunes charts at one point. He'd like reach out to me and be like, Hey man, great job. That's awesome. So proud of you. So, you know, Zach has been, you know, as much, it's funny. I, I thought he was going to be a really close friend. Then I thought, okay, we're not going to be friends at all. And then, you know what Zach turned out to be, you know, even though we're, we don't talk every day, we don't talk very often. He's a guy that, you know, whenever we do see each other, we do hang out. It's always just like old times and we are, we're still, we're still good buddies. So, uh, it ultimately worked out in the end, and and I I'm glad that I had that experience with him because it kind of made me realize that okay, just because you meet somebody and they seem like they might be like somebody from your past or someone else you might know, you can't expect them to just like automatically like be your best friend. Friendships don't build uh in a month. It's it's one of those things that you kind of those relationships they they grow over time. You got to nurture it. You got to water. You plant the seeds. You got to water it. You got to take care of it and, and let it develop and grow over time it's not something that you can just uh you know just be like okay boom this guy's my best friend and automatically um you know you guys are best friends no it's there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of blood sweat and tears that goes into relationships and and building them and making them stronger and uh and and i'm glad that that i had that experience with zach because it really showed me that well you ended up you know becoming friends with with a lot of the alumni um well like what was what has been your experience with that because it's definitely something that uh i think a lot of people might be interested in like you know people who come off of this show they have this kind of weird bond that they've all experienced the same thing and especially the big brother canada alumni they seem very very tight and also there's a lot of drama there um like what's your experience been with that yeah i mean <laughs> yeah a lot of drama to say to say the least Aaron. i mean that's an understatement man but uh yeah I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, I don't even know what word I could use for it. It's just weird. I, I remember coming off of the show and being like, oh my God, that's Arlie. And like, oh, I'm texting Arlie about this thing. Like, I was just texting Arlie the other night and I was just thinking about it like, man, this is so weird. Like three years ago, I never would have, uh, my mind would have blown if I would have known that I'd be buddies with Arlie Shaban. Uh, but here we are, you know? So it, it's, it's crazy. I think it's one of those things where, I think a lot of the fans, especially Big Brother Canada 5, with how they saw, you know, the alumni were very supportive of the other alumni that were in the house that season. And some people were on different sides, whether you were, you know, Team Kevin or Team Ica or Team Cass or whatever, Team Netta or whatever, wherever you were at in terms of your support. Um, I think people were very, you know, sides are very split, fans are very split. And it was, uh, there was a lot of vitriol involved and it was kind of clicky, I would say. But um, being part of the alumni is, it's interesting in that sense because you do build very genuine, strong relationships with some of these people because, nobody really can relate to the experience of going on Big Brother and having that completely fuck up your whole life and change everything unless you've actually gone through it. And, and, you know, 
having like you know having my parents and having people like that help support me has been awesome and they've helped really helped me a lot but when it comes to talking about big brother there's just at a certain point they get tired about talking about that stuff other friends get tired about talking about that stuff but the alumni because they've been through it they're you know they're willing to entertain you when you're going through hard times or they're willing to talk to you about stuff like that and and you know and you i've done the same for other people you know i talk about struggles i've gone through with others and they've done the same with me and and it's really therapeutic in that sense And, and i've some of my best friends are from the experience sarah sarah best miller i mean she from season two i mean she is what mumsy she's one of my best friends i mean we talk all the time she's she's amazing she's an ama- just a, a unbelievable friend she was there for my family during the whole season she's been there for me every step of the way since i got off the show and having someone like that there for me has been unbelievable just being able to be part of her life and having uh her be you know supportive of me and be you know friends being able to go over to her house and hang out with her husband or her kids and just um, stuff like that is i never would have anticipated that kind of stuff would happen but then at the same time there's also like that's just one example of it. I'm also close with, you know, there's lots of people from my season as well that I'm very close with, but um, there's also on the other side of things, there's also relationships where, you know, you don't really ever talk to these people. You don't really see them a lot of the time. Uh, and you are like, I guess like supposed to be friends, but you don't really have anything in common. And it's just kind of weird. Like, uh, you know, there's, and, and I'll be, I'll be straight up with you. There are people in the alumni that I don't really care for. And there are people within the alumni that I'm sure really don't care for me, but because we're in this quote unquote family, we have to kind of just pretend that we're all buddy, buddy, and we're all best friends. And that's, uh, just how things go. But that's not really how it works. I mean, everybody was cast on the show because for a reason you're cast, on Big Brother because Robin Cass and her team thinks that you're going to clash with other people in the house and fight. So, like, they, they, you're not supposed to really get along, but at the end of the show, for some reason, there's this expectation that, oh, you are supposed to be friends with everybody, when in reality, that's just not the case. And that's probably the most frustrating thing for me, being a part of the alumni, is that so many people are just fake to each other, and they're not real, and it's it, it's just annoying, because I, you can just, I know, there's people who clearly don't like each other, but they just fake it, and it's like, just don't fake it, man. Like, you don't have to be mean to each other, but you don't also have to pretend that you're best friends and, you know, taking selfies and doing this other stuff. And, and you know, it's fine if that – I'm not trying to take shots at anybody. It's fine if people want to do that, and I totally get that. And, and I'm at a point now where I just feel like I'm just so far removed from the community that I can just kind of – you know, I, I, I'm one to throw stones. I'm not in it. So uh, I'm sorry if I've offended anybody, but that's just, just kind of how I look at it. And that's partially why I kind of wanted to take a step back from Big Brother was I was just tired of the, the fake and trying to have to pretend to be um, friends with people that I'm not really friends with at all. And, and um, yeah, that's that's just basically it. I mean, it, do I have lots of great friends from the experience? Absolutely. I've got a lot of great people here in Vancouver that, that are awesome, that I hang out with, that are that are great friends. But um, I can't say the same thing for every single person in the, in the Big Brother community. Um, and I'm sure if you put a lie detector test to every single person in the quote-unquote Big Brother family, they would say the exact same thing that I'm saying right now. Well, I remember uh, one of the people that ended up being uh, one of your good friends, Kevin Martin, uh, who ends up winning Big Brother Canada 5, said on the feeds for Big Brother Canada 5 that uh, his experience with the alumni scene was that it was it could be very toxic. Is is that part of like what you're talking about with the, the fakeness? Yeah, I think so. And I think that it, I think part of it is that 
people like I think it, it certainly can get toxic because people don't feel they can be real with each other, and I think that leads to you know animosity building and and, and toxicity, and it can lead to drama and problems and um, lots of stuff and. And so, yeah, I, I can t- I totally agree with that statement by Kevin. And I don't know if he stands behind that today, um, but I would say for sure there are times when it can get very toxic and, um, you know, very personal and, and people's feelings can get hurt. And, and it's it can be pretty nasty. It can be pretty bad. And that's that's the thing that I yeah, that I, I just don't I don't like about it either is I don't like the the toxic element of it. I, I enjoy being with, um, you know, just happy, positive people um, who are there to support each other. And hey, you know, maybe you're not best friends with everybody, but if you can at least just be civil with each other, I mean, that's that's just the most important thing to me. But yeah, it, it can definitely be toxic. And I'm sh- you can people can see it on Twitter this season or social <laughs> media or anything, you know, like I had I had people from my season come at me and call me super fan loser and stuff like that, which, um, you know, hey, it's fine. Like that's opinion. Like people can say that, but it's just like, is it really worth it, it, it is it really worth um you know uh it, it, losing your mind over a, a game show especially i i, I don't know I, I don't really think it is um mind you uh i definitely got very upset at times during this season when kevin was on so i get it a little bit when you know somebody on there but but yeah it, it long story short it it definitely it, it's definitely a toxic community and and at times it can be there's definitely positive aspects to it for sure don't get me wrong but um, it can be negative for sure as well. Absolutely. Have you ever sort of witnessed the uh, the ego sort of inflation that I think often occurs with oh, with these people? Yes, absolutely, Taryn. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to name names, but there are some people who I knew uh, I knew uh, when they were just uh, you know uh, a contestant on Big Brother, and then now post now that two years have passed and things have happened, um, they're completely different because of the experience these experiences they've had. And you know, can I can I fault those people for having that experience? Uh, not really. I don't think I can because I didn't come out of the show and I didn't experience, um, you know, I didn't get a lot of fanfare. I, you know, I had, you know, people in my hometown, sure. But outside of that, not really too much. So who knows? Maybe had I have had similar experiences and I had people telling me all the time, oh, Jordan, you're the greatest thing ever. You're amazing. You're so awesome. You know, maybe that would have um, really inflated my ego as well. And I definitely had a bit of inflated, a bit of an inflated ego post show which i think i've been able to get back and check and now that i've uh been able to get back to uh reality um but uh yeah taryn it's definitely definitely a thing in, in the community and and you can even just tell with some people who i didn't even play go on the i didn't play with uh, just from seeing them on the show or seeing them on feeds and then talking to them in real life and seeing how they are uh, ca- Canadian and US you can definitely see um you can definitely see that some people's egos have gone through the roof for sure yeah i think it's an interesting like thing to look at because uh i think there are some people that come off of the show and they they enter this bubble that they they never really leave you know they go to these meet and greets or these events and they have everybody fawning over them and uh like for me especially as somebody who watches big brother and like watches the feeds and sees them on the feeds and then sees them post show it is it it is very different sometimes uh like well, like what the show has done to them and uh, like that's that's a very interesting thing to look at for me at least 
Yeah, it, it is. And I think that it, there are some like, you know, minor cases of it where it's not a big deal. And then there's other cases where, you know, there are people who, uh, you know, they go on the show and yeah, they do these meet and greets and they go on TV and they get these, you know, they, they, all these opportunities come up for them. And it's, that's great. That's awesome that that happens. But, um, you know, from my perspective, I don't think that just because you had all this stuff happening, that gives you the excuse to automatically kind of just become an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that gives people the right to do that. I, I don't like I just don't like assholes. I just don't like people who are like that. But, yeah, there are certainly and I think that's more I think in Canada, that's not really the case. I think that's more of an American thing. There are some American uh, BB house guests, which I yeah. won't name, but who have de- you can definitely see that there's been that that change in them. I, the Canadians, for the most part. Nobody's gone too crazy in terms of the ego. I mean, there there's definitely been a growth in it for sure for some people, but you know, nobody. I I would say, um, in in out of respect to my my fellow Canadians, I think I think some of the Americans, some some of those special cases, I think those are the most extreme ones, and I I'm sure, uh, you know, and, and you know, your Zach Rances of the world, you don't really see that too much in Canada, whereas that's I think more of an American thing with some of the house guests, just because some of them. Some of them really do become a really big deal for a little while. Um, but that that fame doesn't really last forever, Taryn. So you also talked about how you had other things that that became worse. You mentioned like your extended family. Uh, what were some of the other things that sort of uh, ended up being negatives after the house, after yeah, being in the house? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like those things that I wanted out of the show, I mean, I think – so yeah, like uh, so I guess the first thing was uh, so I wanted to get the, the friends. That was a big thing. Like I had this group of friends, they were kind of drifting away, and I wanted to rope them back in and get like reingratiate myself with them. And when I came home, I definitely had attention from them for sure, and they wanted to see me and hang out. But a- as the months went by, it kind of just be- they kind of just cut me out even more and more than before. And you know, I had one of my friends tell me that uh, you know he really. Uh, he didn't, he, he thought that I, I, I was full of myself and that I had this, this humongous, humongous ego and he didn't want to hang out with me because I, I was too selfish because, uh, I posted pictures on Instagram with big brother Canada alumni and that's all I cared about. And that really like, that really hurt me, um, to hear that because that wasn't really how I viewed it. Was it true to an extent? Yeah, I would say perhaps for sure. But I don't think like, you know, I was just hanging out with Big Brother Canada friends. These were the new group of friends I had. And I guess these other friends kind of thought that I had uh, moved on to them and I had no interest in my high school friends anymore, which really was not the case. But uh, regardless, um, that is what happened. They really kind of just cut me out. And um, I, I was in this really, uh, you know, I thought a tight knit group and um, uh, they just kind of said, all right, see you later. We're going to stop inviting you to things and stop wanting you to hang out. And that's, that's basically it. So, so yeah, I mean, I still, uh, am friendly with those guys and those people, but we definitely, you know, the relationship is definitely not what it used to be before because of the experience. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe, uh, I, I, part of me thinks that was inevitable. That was going to happen at some point anyway, but big brother kind of accelerated that process. But in terms of those friends, yeah, I mean, I, I lost a bunch of friends. So, I mean, that, that kind of, that sucked. That was hard. Uh, well, that's like, Ian talked about that as well, where like he came out of the house and, uh, he talked about sort of finding out who his true friends were because some people, uh, were telling him things like, you, you know, your ego is too big now and like, we don't like hanging out with you anymore. Um, so it's interesting to hear that you had a similar experience. 
Yeah, and, and so um, and yeah, it was tough because. Uh, I mean, yeah, it just I I want I needed that support from those friends, and they just really weren't there in that time. And it was funny because I had this other group of friends that I was friends with more, like in elementary school, and we kind of fell off in high school. Um, we weren't as close, but they were super, super supportive of me throughout the entire process, throughout the show, throughout everything. And that whole experience kind of made me realize, okay, like these are the people I should be hang- like spending my time with. These are the people that have my back. These are the people that, you know, are, that are more my speed. They're more, you know, low key, not as like, they weren't as quote unquote cool. They're very, they have nerdy interests like I do, but they were just more my speed, more of the kind of people I wanted to hang out with. So in that aspect, it was good because it kind of helped enlighten me and show me that, okay, um, you know, uh, I, maybe I kind of lost these friends here, but I, I've regained some of these other friends who through everything, even though I kind of, you know, I kind of left them for dead. They're still there for me. They're still supporting me and they're still, uh, you know, want to hang out with me and spend time with me and, and support me. So, um, that really meant a lot to me. And yeah, that's, that's, I definitely true. I think that what Ian said is you learn pretty, I mean, not super quickly, but after like a year or so you do learn who your true friends are, um, post big brother for sure. So was there anything else that, that it sort of went wrong after yeah, your experience? Yeah. So in terms of building on that, I mean, so in terms of like family stuff, I mean, I wanted to make my parents happy and proud because, Again, I hadn't really lived up to these expectations, at least these expectations that I had thought they had had for me of being, you know, a lawyer or a doctor or something like that. And so I thought, okay, going on Big Brother is going to help me. But instead, I think that really kind of kind of put like a bit of a wedge in between my my family and I. I think my parents kind of, um, you know, I was if, if I mean. I don't think that, you know, taking pictures on Instagram with Big Brother alumni necessarily means that I'm full of myself uh, or anything. But I do think for sure that I had a uh, a, a, a growth in ego and a growth in, uh, you know, thinking I knew everything. And I thought like, oh, I don't need, you know, my parents to tell me what to do or uh, I've got life figured out. I know I know everything that's going on. And, I, I you know, I've done this experience. I've been on TV. I did it at a young age and I don't need them to tell me what to do. And I think that that kind of attitude um, really pushed myself and my parents further apart, which um, was really tough. It was really hard for two the, those you know the first you know year and a half or so post show because you know like pre Big Brother my my parents my sister that was everything for me and so you know weakening that relationship that was that was super super difficult to 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 come to terms with and to deal with and I I was at a at one point I kind of thought wow this is never going to get back to what it used to be. And that really, uh, that really worried me and that really scared me. And that, that was something, you know, I talked earlier way back at the beginning about, um, you know, not stressing the small things. That was something that really did stress me out and worry me a lot. So, so that was really tough dealing with that. I also had, you know, I mentioned that extended family who, um, you know, I thought, okay, they're a little religious. They don't really, you know, like me or whatever, but I think maybe if I go on this show, they'll, they'll come to appreciate me. And I came back from the show and, uh, yeah, none of them, none of them spoke to me. Uh, none of them, uh, acknowledged my existence. Uh, nobody reached out. Nobody talked to me. Uh, we'd go to, you know, uh, my family stopped really getting invited to, uh, functions where they were at. So, um, yeah, like that, that really hurt me too. Uh, they just said, all right, well, you went on this show, you had this experience and I, and I was going through, you know, a bit of a, you know, tough time readjusting and, and I had at one point one of my uncles on that side of my family. I was really close with. He was somebody who I 
had really admired and looked up to and was my heroes and person that I aspired to be like someday. And he just never just didn't talk to me, nothing. And so that was really hard. And to this day, I mean, that that side of my my family just uh, has just not talked to me at all. So uh, they I just they disapproved, I guess, of the whole uh, reality TV thing or Cindy or whatever. Um, which, you know, I guess is fine and, and, and enlightening for sure. But, um, still something that for me was, was, was hard to come to terms with just because I, I, you know, rejection is, rejection is never easy. It's never something that, you know, we want in life. I think, especially me, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I want to make people happy. I want to be accepted. And when you get rejected by your, your family, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely something that's, that's hard to come to terms with. So, um, just dealing with that post show and, and trying to um, trying to uh, come to terms with not only just getting my relationships back with my my parents and my sister back to where I was pre show, um, but also dealing with the whole extended family thing and the extended family thing. You know, I've tried you know reaching out and stuff, but really haven't got anything back. So that's a situation where I've, I'm at a point where I've just come to terms with okay, that's that's just never going to. Um, get better. Uh, and that's fine. That's just the, the, what they've chosen to do in terms of just not accepting me, which is okay. But, um, luckily for me and thankfully, I'm so grateful that, um, I have been able to, you know, get back to where I was with my, with my family, my, 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 uh, my immediate family, um, pre-show in terms of building that relationship back up. And I, I'm the most grateful for that because I don't know what I really would have done if, if I wasn't able to get that back to what it was before. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's easy to see how, the that alumni sort of family very like close-knit but kind of toxic maybe sometimes uh thing it happens because because when you go on this show they are the only people that understand and you you're sort of if you're being pushed like your previous relationships are being strained and then you have this group of people that's like no no no, come to, come to us we're your family it's very easy to see how how that could both be uh, something that a lot of people would run to and just immerse themselves in and never want to leave, but also be a sort of dysfunctional place because, um, you know, it's it's all founded on, uh, you know, I think I, I think a positive idea, but ultimately not like the healthiest thing to, to run to that instead of like focusing on um, trying to maintain what you had before. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that. And that's, I think, a, a lot of the problem is that if for people is they don't have anywhere else to go. So they just say, okay, I'm going to jump in with these alumni. And yeah, I mean, everyone's well-intentioned for sure. But at the same time, like you need, you need support beyond that. You need your family. You need your friends from before. You need people that you can trust, that you can lean on, um, you know, for, and, and, you know, hey, maybe that also includes getting like professional help. Like that's a thing that I don't think – I don't know how many alumni have gone to get therapy or gone for counseling or whatever. Um, but I think that's a thing that is incredibly valuable and incredibly helpful for a lot of pe – for people coming off the show um, in terms of readjusting. I know for me, that is what I did and, and it took me a while to to seek it out but once I was able to go to therapy and, and to try to you know talk to somebody who uh, who was who a professional in this in this regard I think that's really what um, helped me transition from okay getting out of this hole and getting out of this funk I was in post show to getting back to my normal life that I was at pre-show so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know 
that that would be the biggest advice I would give to anybody if they were ever to go on Big Brother is when you get off the show, go get it. Go like right away. Even if you don't think you need it, uh, you need it. You need help. You need somebody you can trust that's unbiased, that's going to help you and support you and help talk you through everything. And, and you know, the alumni mean well, and they can definitely help you to an extent, but they can't do the entire job just by themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, I think obviously that can be a very valuable resource. And uh, I mean, I know from my experience with you that uh, like when when we talked about this sort of stuff, uh, just like the two of us and you talked about uh, your experience in therapy, like I it, it sounded like the the things that you talked about sounded very good to me in terms of like what it helped you accomplish. Yeah, it, it was super, super beneficial for me. And it's kind of just it kind of just helped me. um realize what I needed to do to, to get back to the, the, the life that I wanted to have. And I, you know, I talked earlier about, uh, I talked earlier about kind of rolling the dice and trying to, you know, take risks in my life to make myself happy and, um, counseling and, and therapy that helped me realize what some of those things were. Some of those things were that I needed to do in order to take that next step in my life. And, uh, and what I needed to do to kind of fix the relationships that I wanted to, to, to nurture and to, to get back to where I wanted them to be. So, um, yeah, man, it was, uh, probably the best decision I've made. I can't think of a better decision I've really made than deciding to, to go to therapy and to get help because it really, really did make a difference in my life. Now, post-show, you've gotten out of the house. You've had some, some, some experience. When did you get back in touch with, with Rob? Okay, so with Rob, uh, so it was funny. As soon as I saw my mom, uh, so like at the finale, we were able to see our families for like 15 minutes. So I saw my mom. I cried for like 14 minutes of it. And then for like the one minute where uh, my mom and I were talking, she's like, hey, uh, I've been talking to Rob. He wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so amazing. That was so cool. So uh, the finale weekend, we every year, Big Brother Canada, they go to Niagara Falls. So, uh, so I went. And, uh, I, uh, I was in a hotel room one day and my mom, uh, had forwarded me, Rob had sent his mom number to my mom and he told my mom, Hey, get Jordan to call me when he has time. So, uh, uh, so I was in a hotel room one day and I was hanging out with Kevin and we were just talking about Rob cause Kevin Martin was also a big, uh, RHAP fan. So yeah, we, we called Rob together. We were on, uh, I think Rob, I think Rob was at like a hardware store or something. I can't remember where it was. So we couldn't talk for too long. Um, but yeah, we were just talking and he was saying, Hey, like, you know, I love the podcast you guys did on the live feeds. Uh, I, if you guys want to work for me, I would love to, you know, give you guys your own podcast. Just let me know. And that, like, that was super exciting for me. I never, ever thought that was possible, especially with what happened with me um, in my season in terms of going out early. Um, so that was super exciting. And I, Kevin, I knew like he was it, part of him was interested, but I knew like the po- poker was his passion. So I, I knew pretty early on he wasn't going to going to do it. And it was going to kind of be my own gig. So, yeah. So that was kind of the first time I talked to Rob. And then we, you know, we, the, the, in the weeks after the show, when I got home, we we uh, talked on the phone a couple times and we got set up with a podcast and uh, you know, the rest was kind of history. That's, that's kind of how I got set up with him. So was that something that you felt like, I, I know that, um, I, I think when we talked about you, uh, you ultimately leaving, one of the things you mentioned to me was that, um, you know, through the podcast, you were sort of able to extend your, uh, your, your moment, uh, in the spotlight, essentially. And, and in a lot of ways, what the attention that you were getting, like you were sort of able to, to keep living this big brother life that you had experienced. Um, was that part of it when you decided to, to hop on or was it just like, you didn't even think that he was just like, obviously I would do this. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely one of those, it was, 
I think it was mainly for me. I was just a fan of Rob so much. I just loved it. And just the fact that I could work with him, I think that was really what appealed to me. I also was at a point where I wanted to – I had always had – uh, aspirations to go into broadcasting. That was something I really wanted to do. And I felt like, okay, this is going to give me good experience and this is going to help me out in terms of doing that. And I had just gotten into uh, a journalism or I had applied to a journalism program, which I eventually got in after I had started the podcast. So, uh, so yeah, in that regard, it definitely helped me. Um, and uh, I, but uh, for sure, man, I totally, there was also an aspect as well that I thought, okay, here am I, here I am. I just got off the show. I sucked. Nobody's going to remember me. I'm terrible. And, you know, my ego is like, hey, like if I do this podcast, at least, you know, somebody will know who I am right at some point. And that was that's what I thought was important at the time. I thought it was important to have the community, uh, you know, uh, hear my thoughts and to have, uh, you know, Twitter followers and to have, you know, uh, have, have a, an outlet like that. I thought, oh, yes, this is what's going to satisfy me. This is what's going to fill this void in my life is having this, um, this platform and this outlet. And so that was certainly an aspect of it as well. And I also thought, too, in the back of my mind, I thought, you know what, because I was just fresh off the show. I thought, you know what, hey, if I do really good at this podcast, maybe someday way down the line, if I'm as good, like as successful as Rob or somewhat as successful as Rob, maybe Big Brother Canada will come back calling and I can play this game and I can prove to people that I'm like not the worst player ever. So that was the other thing that I was thinking as well. And I, I don't think I ever really admitted that publicly, but that was definitely where I was at. Um, in my mindset, it's, it was those three things that that kind of motivated me with the RHAP aspect definitely being the most important thing. But those other things were definitely in the back of my mind as well. When, you know, in hindsight, that was definitely the wrong way to go about it. And that's not what I should have been in it for. Um, it should have been strictly the, um, you know, the, the just the opportunity to work with Rob and work at Rob is a website dot com. But, um, you know, I'm glad that I, uh, you know, had the time to mature and realize that, you know, that other stuff is really just irrelevant at the end of the day um but uh yeah that was that was my that was, those are my reasons for wanting to do it well what was your experience like when you when you started like you know now all of a sudden obviously there's a there's a response when you get out of the big brother house which is obviously uh i i think you obviously had a lot of people that were like whoa dumbest move ever um yes. like that was that was a large part of your big brother feedback right <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It would just be like, at Jordan Parhar, you're the worst player. I'd just tweet anything, and people would be like, why should I care what you say? You volunteered to go on the blog, dumbass, like stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so I was used to a lot of negative feedback. So when I started the podcast, I got a lot of negative feedback because I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I, I had never hosted a <laughs> podcast before. I'm quite verbose. I didn't know the right way to ask questions. I, you know, uh, audio quality was isn't always the best so and i you know uh, big brother 17 that was the first season i podcasted about i didn't use you guys that was probably the the, the uh the smartest thing i ever did as host of the happy hour was decide to team up with the uh, you you and alex and brent because you guys were able to you guys knew the feeds inside and out that was not something that i was able to to cover and talk about on the podcast which i and i tried to do that on 17 and i really struggled and that's why i think in the seasons beyond i was able to succeed because i was able to lean on you guys in terms of your expertise and in terms of everything that you guys knew so uh so yeah i had gotten a lot of negative feedback and it was tough but i wanted to stick with it i was still new to it it was still exciting to me it was still something that was really fun and i was fresh i was kind of like a puppy dog going into it like 
wagging my tail, super excited. And uh, yeah, and then I start, you know, teamed up with you guys. Things started to get a lot more positive, and yeah, the rest was history. You know, I still got negative feedback for sure from time to time, and eventually it got to the point where it was just not really worth it to me. I just wasn't having as much fun doing the podcast. My, re- you know, I, I uh, you know, I just didn't have as much time to do it anymore. And, um, you know, that negative stuff, it just became, le- I mean, it really just peaked during Big Brother o- Over the Top and Big Brother Canada 5. I really think those were, um, I think that those were cases where it was um, very specific to those seasons. I think if I were, if I would have stuck around for BB19, I don't think it would have been as ne- nearly as negative as it was for both of those seasons. But just because of how toxic those seasons were in general online, that transferred over to the feedback in the podcast and just my, you know, me in general, whether that was on Twitter, whether that was on, uh, you know, YouTube comments, whether that was on the website comments, whether that was on Reddit. I mean, d- dude, you saw, like, I had threads on Reddit being. Being made of me about me like every like three days and I was just like dude like what I just I just felt like I couldn't win and so I was at a point where I was just like you know what? I, I really um you know I was just like ah is this is this really fun like am I enjoying this and, and when I had to when I had to ask myself that question that's when I really had to start considering okay is this something that I want to keep doing and you know ultimately I decided not to yeah I mean like I remember I remember starting out with you when like you were doing those uh we did the blabs oh those were so fun that was yeah. my favorite thing it was the best <laughs> well I, yeah i remember like that was uh that was not only sort of like your start but i it felt like my start as well when like like i was trying to like use that as, as an opportunity to like get as much experience as i could and um like you were kind enough to let me like me come on and, and be the unofficial co-host and uh we you called me the closer because i usually come, come on the for end. the yeah, yeah the, closer, we, I, the second right. half and then we'd uh, afterward, we'd, we'd just like, even when we stopped the broadcast, we stopped recording um, the podcast, we'd stay on and uh, just like chat with the audience and, and have people come on and just like talk about like our personal lives and like oh, about random dude, stuff. Yeah, that was, I mean, and that was, I mean, that was the peak of, you know, the fun, I think for me um, was doing that kind of stuff, interacting with, you know, yeah, the, the audience and have, you know, with you and Alex and just, yeah, being on for like, there was that one time. Didn't like, okay, didn't you guys also too at one point, I was like away at a wedding or something and then you guys did a blab and then Steve Moses came on and then like you guys talked to Steve for like seven hours and then like I I left, I came in for a bit, I left, I came back and you guys were like still on. It was just so fun. It was just so much fun and I loved that. And like, it's little things like that. Like that's the, that's the kind of stuff that I definitely miss and that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoyed. But once blab died uh the, the the platform we weren't really ever ever able to do that again so yeah um so yeah which is unfortunate but yeah man no that was the, that those times were so much fun i loved it yeah i mean and then that's sort of like uh that like that idea of being having more personal conversations and and stuff like that is sort of like it always stuck with me and was part of why i wanted to do this podcast was to to like just you know, be a little more, you know, real and genuine and like, this is who we are. And yeah. we're just going to like talk about things. I, I think we, we really bonded through that experience. And then we really did grow up on the podcasting streets together. And we did face that, that criticism in a lot of ways as, as a team. And I remember going through OTT and it, it was difficult for all of us, you know, not yeah. only, not only because of like what was happening, but like if I think for both of us, we were both in the same position where like, I mean, at least for me, like I really wasn't 
I didn't really care about this season at all. I, I didn't like it at all. But I, because I was so neutral, people from both sides were coming at me. And, and it was the same thing for you where like you oh. were just kind of like you, you would say one thing and it was like one side would attack you for one thing and the other side would attack you for the other thing. And uh, it was it was a difficult time. Yeah, man, it was uh, – I really just couldn't win. I mean, I would say one thing, and the Jason fans would be like, oh, rabble, 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 you're this, you're that. <laughs> like, and they would like, lose their mind. And then like the Ball Smasher fans would be like, oh, you like Jason too much. You're terrible. We hate you. And so I, I think the best way to sum it up, Taryn, is I was at Reality Rally in April. So that was a couple months ago. And we were at the, this winery one night and there was like just this like casino night and this party and there's a bunch of, you know, uh, all the reality rally um, uh, people that were the, uh, staying at the at Temecula were there. And there was a bunch of, you know, like locals and fans of reality TV shows came as well. And so at one at separate points in the night, I had people coming up to me saying, hey, JP, just want to let you know, I absolutely hated you during Big Brother Over the Top coverage <laughs> because you were way too pro ball smashers. Team Jason, you suck. And uh, yeah, you're doing much better on Big Brother Canada 5. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. And then later in the night, I had the same thing with someone else who was like, hey, I just wanted to say, uh, JP, I really did not like your BBOTT coverage. You were way too pro Jason, not too <laughs> pro ball smashers enough. And, you know, I really just had to stop listening at a certain point. And I was just like, okay, like, I really can't win. There was nothing I could do. I just was like, both these people are coming up to me in person, which doesn't really happen where people would come up in person and say, hey, just want to let you know you suck. Um, but no, I had people coming up to me in person on both sides saying they weren't dissatisfied. And that was, yeah, the hardest part of this season is no matter what I said or no matter what you said, um, people were uh, upset. We just couldn't make people happy. And it was just a very, uh, it was just a toxic season. It just wasn't, it just wasn't fun at all to to do that, and it wasn't even. I mean, it wasn't even Big Brother, Taryn. It wasn't yeah. even. It was. It was a completely different game, and not even a game. It was just like a. It was just all the wacky things from Big Brother, and like voting. Like that was really it. It, it just wasn't what the show that I had fallen in love with and what I had liked, and it, it, that was the first time where I had told myself, okay. I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever and there's going to be a point within the next, you know, whether that's in the next couple of years or three or four years where I'm going to stop. Whereas before that season, I had always thought, okay, I'm doing a happy hour forever. I'm never going to stop doing this. I'm just going to keep doing this until Rob, uh, Robert Scott fires me. Uh, I'm just going to keep going with it. But no, after OTT, I was like, you know what? I, I really need to reevaluate things. And that that's kind of what got the ball rolling for me in terms of uh, uh, thinking that I needed to walk away. Yeah. And it, and it got so nasty, too, where it's like, you know, like, I think we're we've gotten to the point where we're very used to criticism and like used to people taking what we say out of context or saying that we thought said things we didn't. But uh, on OTT and then for you, for Big Brother Canada 5, it was it got very personalized where it was like you support your friends like you shouldn't be podcasting about this season like oh what did you say about cindy like you you meddler you um and as you mentioned you had big like reddit threads made about you yeah i mean and, and that was that was the thing is is it was just so much and it was just and it wasn't even really like because i i now have the perspective where it's like when i first got off the show I really cared a lot about what fans are saying and what people thought of me. But as I started to go to more and more of these Big Brother events and I started seeing 
who was at some of these events and seeing some of these, seeing some of these internet trolls in real life to see what they actually looked like and putting faces to those avatars or those Twitter handles. I started to realize like, man, these people, like, why do I care at all what these people say? I really should not at all. The thing was, Taryn, it was mainly just like annoying. Like just, just, I didn't, I just hated it. I just didn't like people taking, it just frustrated me to no end that these people just couldn't stop talking about me and saying all this stuff. And I get it. I, you know, I had my ex showmance on the season. I put out some, you know, not nice tweets about Cindy at the beginning of the season, but I was very positive about Cindy on every podcast that we did because Cindy was really good on season five. And, and I tried up to be, until a point. Yeah. Up until a point, but I tried to be as positive as I could. And I think, I, I think I did a, you know, a, a somewhat decent job at that. And, you know, uh, so I, it just, it just really frustrated me. And it was just annoying. It just having that come up over and over and over again. It wasn't something that really ate away at me. It was just something where I just thought is, why do I, why am I dealing with this? It's just, I don't really, this isn't fun. I don't enjoy this. Um, and it just wasn't good. And, and I, you know, it's funny at one, at one of the finale parties, I met one of, uh, you know, I met some people who, uh, were criticizing me on Reddit and they were saying some things about me and I was talking to them and they were still like, still like judging me for like the stuff that I said and I tried to explain myself. And I just, you know, took a step back and I'm like, why do I, you know what? Like these people don't know anything about what has what happened between Cindy and I. And, you know, I'm not going to get into that on this podcast because I, I, I don't want to. Um, but it, it's, you know, there's so much stuff that happened, not just between me and Cindy, but like just other alumni and so many other things that people have no idea about that they never will know about. That, you know, would completely change people's opinions. And that's why for me, I just realized I'm like, man, I just really don't I just don't care anymore. I, I used to be somebody who I cared so much about. I needed all these followers and these fans and all this other stuff. But, you know, I've when I was at, you know, that event at the finale, I was just realizing like, man, like Kevin just won. This is awesome. I love it. Um, and all here's all these people who know who I am and stuff. But do they really matter at the end of the day? Like when I'm, you know, when I'm like sick or whenever, if I have to get back surgery again, or I'm going through a hard time in my life, are any of these people going to be there for me to help me out through that, that time? No, because, because they don't know me personally and they shouldn't be because they're, they're not my, you know, like I'm not part of their life and they're not part of my life. So, um, that was just something where, it was just really eye opening to me putting the just putting the faces to the names and seeing who these people are and just realizing that man like at the end of the day like you know i'm just like a character to these people i'm not a real person um they don't really view me at, that's not how they view me and i need and uh you know it, it just none of that stuff is really that important it really isn't so um I'm glad that it doesn't really bug me as much, and I'm sure there will be a thread about this podcast here <laughs> on Reddit, um, which is fine. I get it; it's cool. Um, but you know, like I'm just, you know, it's I'm at a point where it's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, people can say whatever about me; they can. It's fine. I know, I know who I am as a person. My family, and my friends know who I am as a person. They love me and appreciate me for who I am, and and that's that's really all that that matters to me. Yeah, and you know when you when you called me to tell me that you you were gonna quit the podcast, um, I I remember like my initial reaction was like no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like don't leave me, Jordan. Uh, but then like as you explained it, I was just like I was just overwhelmed with like happiness for you because 
you explained it so well that like, you know, th- this this thing that you had been chasing for a long time was something that uh, you didn't need and you you didn't need any of this. The like the attention, the praise, the criticism, all of it, like you just like you recognized finally that you just wanted to get back to who you were and you didn't need to, to be chasing anything or like living or dying by the comments or the opinions of other people. And I, I just, I, I felt like very happy for you in that moment because I really like, I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I wasn't expecting it from you um, to, to have that kind of realization. And uh, I, I'm still so happy that, that you've, you've gotten to this place where you do feel more comfortable and I and I hope that you uh, that I hope that you're enjoying uh, the decision that you've made that uh, the life that you've that you have now because of the decision you've yeah, made. Yeah, thank you, man. No, I appreciate that. And yeah, it was just realizing that. And I've said this to you is that the the whole the podcast, the whole Big Brother community, all of that, going to these events, parties, you seeing me drunk, and having you know all <laughs> these people like come up to me and know who I am, like. Yeah, is it was it fun? Absolutely. It was a great, it was fun time, it was awesome. But at the same time, for me, like that wasn't real life. Like that isn't me. Like I don't wake up every day and like people know who I am and like, oh yeah, like you do the podcast and all this. No, nobody in real life knows any of that stuff. This is like it was like some double kind of life that I was living, which uh, you know, which is fine. And it was fun for the time being. But like you said, I, I just didn't really need that validation anymore. I didn't need I came to that realization. And um, yeah, man, I, I, I you know, asking if I'm gl- if you want me to be glad that I made the decision. And I appreciate that. And I am. I'm super happy that I made the decision that I did. I, I've you know, I'm still on social media and stuff a little bit, but definitely not to the extent that I was before. And I find that, you know, I'm way happier because of it. I'm able to focus more on my, my goals and, and things that are uh, most important to me in my everyday life. And, and I can use the time that I have to work towards those kinds of things where in the whole, uh, you know, reality TV podcasting game and the whole big brother community, um, I just didn't really feel like being a part of that was helping me get to where I eventually want to be in my life. What, was there any part of you that was afraid of, of disappointing people in any way? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, because, you know, as much as I talk about, like, the negatives and, you know, like, some of the, you know, the people, the, the downers, there are way, way more people that were super positive and super appreciative and loved the show and loved the podcast. Like, I was blown away. Like, there were hundreds upon hundreds of emails um, that were sent to me. Like I had like long, like letters of people when I announced I retired first in April. And then like when I fully, when I finally, uh, you know, I did my last podcast in May, I mean, I had people from like all over the world reaching out and saying like, Hey, like JP, don't quit. We don't want you to leave or JP. Thank you so much. Like this podcast was awesome. We're so glad, you know, I'm happy for you. And, um, you know, and I've, you know, I've, I've been a listener since day one and I was just really blown away by all the positivity there. So once I kind of saw that in April and we kind of realized like, oh crap, like there are way more positive people out there than I anticipated. <laughs> and then also too, there was also the friends I've made through the podcast, right? Like, you know, you and, you know, Alex Kidwell and Brent and, and, you know, uh, you know, people, we, you know, everyone at podcast house in New York, uh, you know, uh, Mike Bloom, Josh Wiggler, so many people I've met that are so awesome, like Haley, Amy, tons of people 
that I've met through the podcast that I really I thought like okay like if I leave like I'm not really going to talk to these people like really at all anymore which is that was the other thing I thought about as well so so yeah I mean I definitely definitely was concerned about that and thought about oh man I don't, I don't want to let Rob down either because you know Rob took such a chance on me taking me in um, but you know I I reached out to him I explained how I was feeling and you know he was super supportive of me and you know you guys were all super supportive of me and. The, you know, all those, a lot of those people that emailed in, most of them were like, Hey, I'm really sad you're leaving, but I'm really glad that you're moving on with your life and doing something that you want to do. So I, if you are listening to this and you did write one of those emails, uh, or you did reach out or one of those tweets, I mean, I had so many people give me feedback. I want to thank you for supporting me and, and, um, accepting, uh, you know, and being okay with me kind of moving on with this new phase of my life. That really means a lot that, you know, there were so many people that were super, super understanding of my situation and my decision because yeah, there easily could have been a huge backlash of people like, you know, being like, ah, fuck you, stay, don't leave. But, uh, no, that, that I didn't really get too much of that, which, which I, uh, was really appreciative of, uh, a big reason why I, as well that I was cool with it was I knew I knew that, uh, you know, I knew that there was going to be people like you that were going to step up and fill the void in my absence. And that's exactly what you've done times 10 in terms of the work you've done this summer, man. So, I, you know, that was my concern is, OK, there's people who need content, who are going through tough times in their lives, who, you know, listen to RHAP and listen to a happy hour as like an outlet for them to kind of get away from uh, the real world. But, you know, I knew that you you know you or someone else was going to step up and fill that void and that's exactly what you've done so um i'm super happy that you know you've come in and done such a great job for those people that need that podcast that extra you know voice in the community um that voice of reason for people to to listen to when you know things get a little crazy like they do during ot did during ott and bb can five and uh you know probably are during big brother 19 i don't know because i i muted the hashtag big brother 19 on twitter <laughs> so i don't really see any of it um but uh, i imagine it's pretty crazy as it usually is oh of course uh but yeah you know like it really meant a lot like your support as i mentioned at the the start of this show but you know w when we talked and and i and it, we talked about you know me sort of you know hosting the the round table and 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 sort of filling in that role uh it, you you expressed that like you believed in me and that that you like was supporting that decision and uh and i really i try to to fill your your footsteps in in terms of the round table for sure and uh it, it really it, it really really meant a lot oh dude absolutely man it's it's my pleasure and you know uh it's it's been fun watching you grow i mean i wouldn't say it if it wasn't true if i didn't really you know believe in you but i i really do and i think that uh, you're going to go places with the podcasting game, my friend, however, as far you want to go, you're going to go. So you're doing a great job so far. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see, uh, what's next for you, man. You're doing awesome. Thank you. Well, well, speaking of where I'm going to go, where are you going to go now? Like, what is your path look like now? Was, is it cause you, you said before you went on big brother, you weren't really sure what you wanted to do. You got on big brother, you kind of got lost in this world for a little while where you thought maybe you'd end up being a, a podcaster, I guess, for a while. But what does it look like now? Yeah. So, yeah. So I thought my my plan was I actually wanted to be like a, a sports reporter. That's what I wanted to be or a podcaster. That's what I was kind of leaning towards something in media. 
um, which ultimately, yeah, did, it wasn't what I decided to do. So now, um, so now I actually do still podcast. Uh, I podcast about fantasy football. If anybody ever wants to check that out, it's called the Fantasy Football Canadians. Me and my buddy from broad, my from broadcast uh, school, uh, we do it at w- once a week. Fun little show. Um, but that's not really. That's just a hobby for me at this point. It's not something I want to be uh, do as a career. But in terms of like my goals. Um, so I've realized that I want to have a career and, and do something in my life where I can give back in some way and, and, and make a difference in terms of, uh, you know, putting some love back into the world, man. And as, as corny as that sounds, I really think that's something that we need in today's world. I mean, yeah. looking at what we have going on with, you know, Charlottesville just happened yesterday and some of the other crazy things that are going on. It's just... It's just mind blowing to me to see that, you know, this is kind of where the world is at at this point in time. And so I felt like, okay, you know, I want to have a career where I can make a difference. I want to have a career where I can keep building upon my relationship with my family and hopefully one day have a supportive family of my own. And I felt like teaching was the best way to to go about that. My my dad is a teacher. Um, He loves his job. He's always loved his job and that's something I've always really looked up to him and um, that's something that I felt like would was really would fit my personality and and who I am so um, so yeah so right now I, I went back to uh, the uh, same school I was at I before uh, Big Brother so I just finished up uh, I, uh, spring and summer classes uh, I've got two more semesters left I'll be done my undergraduate degree then and then I'd have to do a graduate program for one year and then to get my teaching certification and then after that I will be a uh, I will be an elementary school teacher Terrence so that's uh, that's my plan man I want to uh, you know, you mentioned that you appreciated me believing in you, and I, I'm glad that that helped me. You know, had an impact on you, and that's that makes me feel really good. And that's kind of what I want to do for kids: is I want to ha- have kids believe in themselves and, and and to try to help them become positive, uh, contributing members of of society. And you know, I had you know, I mentioned way back at the beginning of this podcast the whole back surgery thing and that kind of changed my perspective on things and I I kind of started I went from being a really strong student probably one of like the the top students of my high school class uh, to, you know, uh, an average student in my senior year of high school and you know I had a lot of teachers uh, you know, come up to me and say things like, wow, you, you know, you've changed, you're not smart anymore, or you don't, you know, you're lazy, you're this, you're that, you're not going to be able to achieve your goals. And hearing that kind of stuff for me was, uh, that was hard. That was super hard to tell people like that, oh, you can't, you're never going to, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. That, that, that really, that was really hurtful um, because I really held a lot of my teachers in high regard. Um, because these were teachers I had had for for years in high school, um, and, and there was this one teacher though, who through it all, he believed in me, and, and he he told me he said he's he said hey he's like Parhar man you're you're a smart kid you're gonna go places don't worry about these grades just keep doing you you're gonna figure it out I've got faith and he always you know that that voice having that person tell me that it's gonna be okay you're gonna figure it out. Um, that meant the world to me, man, that, that, that really, that got me through some really tough times and just having that one voice, um, it, 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 it I, I don't think he, that teacher, Mr. Waddington was his name. And I, I, I haven't seen him in a couple of years. I have to go back and see him. But, uh, when I, when I, when I'm done school, but I, I don't think he'll ever realize the impact that he really had on my life. And that that's the impact that I want to have. I want to be able to give back, pay it forward 
and, and hopefully have that same impact on, you know, maybe one kid or perhaps more in the future. I really want to do that and, and try to make a difference in the world. So, um, so that's, that's what I'm working towards right now. And, uh, yeah, my life's pretty boring as a result of it. I, I go to school, uh, I volunteer cause I have to get into that, that graduate program in order to get in, you have to have a volunteer experience. So I've been volunteering a lot in, uh, in classrooms. Uh, so that's been fun. And then, and then I work with kids too. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a reading and a math tutor for, for elementary school kids. So I do that as well. Um, so yeah, so that takes up the most of my time. Uh, you know, I still have a, uh, I still have some free time to uh, to watch The Bachelorette uh, and stuff like that. I did watch the season premiere of Big Brother 19, but as soon as they, they did Cameron like that, I was like, okay, there's no way I'm watching this season. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Allison Grodner. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time. So I haven't been paying attention to Big Brother. But, but yeah, man, that's my life. Those are my goals. That's what I'm working on, and, and, and I'm loving my life right now. Oh, I mean, I, I love hearing that. And, and I, think it, I think it does go back to sort of what we talked about in the beginning where it's like, uh, you know, you are putting yourself in the position to be a, a support system or a, a way to help kids get through a, any adversity they face. Like, you know, not everybody has great parents and a great family that, that mm. they can, you know, fall back on or rely on to help them get through things. But, um, you know, sometimes it is a teacher or, or something like that. And like, that is a very important role in kids' lives. And, um, it really, I, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that that you are are putting yourself in that position to to help out in any way that you can and to to be that role for uh, for any any kids that that maybe need it. Thank you, man. No, I appreciate that, and yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I just can't wait to be done school. That's 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 the uh, that's the last hurdle I have to get over. But um, yeah, man, it's it, it's really an exciting time, and it just it's very relieving. Cause this is the, you know, th this year has kind of been the first time in my life where I know what I'm doing. I just have to go out and execute my game plan. And, uh, you know, once that happens, the rest is history. Yeah. Well, looking back, do you, do you regret any of, uh, you know, going on big brother, doing the podcast? Like it obviously it, it kind of like sidetracked you for, for a couple of years. you right. Like, do you, do you wish that you hadn't done that? Or is it sort of like what we talked about where it's like, you feel like maybe that was necessary? Yeah, I, I think it was necessary, man. I really do. I think that if I hadn't have gone through that experience, if I hadn't gone on big brother, if I hadn't done the podcast, um, I wouldn't have been able to gain that again, we talked about it earlier with those surgeries. I wouldn't have been able to gain that perspective that I have. And I think, you know, there was always part of me deep down inside of me that always wanted to get on Big Brother that had this ego that that needed to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, fed. And I felt like I think going through that process and experiencing the whole reality TV thing and experiencing the podcast and and getting that validation that I thought I needed and then realizing that actually that wasn't what I really was really important. I think that was super helpful for me because I don't think if I would have gone through that experience, I don't think I would be where I'm at in terms of not needing that anymore. I think I would have still been the kind of person who was chasing after that and feeling the need to get to have that. And, and I also do think that, um, you know, if, if 
it wouldn't have been Big Brother Canada three. It would have been Big Brother Canada six or something else. I don't know. I probably <laughs> I probably would have kept trying to get on. I really think I would have. That's just my kind of personality. Is you know if I have a goal, I usually go after it and I go after it pretty hard. Um, so so no man, I, I you know as hard as some of this this stuff has been, and it, it, it's and it's been tough. I, I do think that the adversity has really shaped me as a person. It's made me more well rounded, and it's helped me realize what truly is important in my life and and that is the you know it's the close relationships that i have with my family with and with my friends that's that's what what at the end of the day that um i'm most proud of and that's what i want to carry with me for the rest of my life well i i i'm i'm so proud of you too and and uh, i'm i'm so happy to hear that everything is going well and uh, as i mentioned like uh i was i was so happy to hear it when you when you told me the first time and and i can just even tell by talking to you now that you have i mean even since the the last time i spoke to you you have matured even more and you seem even happier than you were before so uh, i'm i'm very very happy about all of this thank you taren yeah and i i am i'm especially happy right now because uh i just got i just got my first grade back for this semester i got an a uh, in this this one class that I wasn't expecting. So this was the first summer I took classes without watching Big Brother. Uh, set to get a pretty good GPA. Last time I took summer classes while watching Big Brother, Taryn, I got a, a C- minus and a D. So uh, so definitely uh, things are looking up in, uh, in JP's world right now. So I, I'm, very, I'm very happy with where, where things are at. Yes, yeah, so I'm glad you finally stopped chasing your ego. So thank you for coming on the Taryn Show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pleasure, Taryn, my pleasure. Yes. This has been so much fun and very therapeutic. And I, I appreciate you uh, having me on uh, and uh, allowing me to just spew a bunch of nonsense for two hours. This has been uh, a ton of fun. Uh, and it's been great catching up with you, man. I really appreciate it. No, yeah, thank you for coming on. I, there was no way I could do this show and not have you on at some point. Um, so I'm very happy to have had this conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. I hope uh, I hope other people do as well. Um, so yes, uh, thank you everyone for checking out The Terran Show. You can find us on iTunes, uh, The Terran Show, T-A-R-A-N. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a weird name. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's been, it's the, the feedback already has just been so great. Um, I, I, you know, I've talked about it before, but we did the live show in New York and everyone was, everyone wanted to talk to me about the Terran show. It was, uh, very embarrassing and also very, uh, very, uh, fun. So, um, thank you everyone that's been supporting the show. Uh, if you want to follow Jordan on Twitter, it's at Jordan Parhar, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Any, any social media, uh, Jordan Parhar, that's it. I don't really post at all. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you can follow me if you want. How can they find your, uh, your, um, fantasy football podcast? Yeah. So it's, uh, the fantasy football Canadians. Uh, you just, if you go to my Twitter profile, uh, it is in the, uh, it's in the link it, or there's a link in the, uh, in my profile that you can just click on and that'll just take you to the iTunes page, uh, to check that out. But yeah, it should just be in iTunes or, uh, anywhere where you can find podcasts. Uh, but yeah, if you like fantasy football, like me, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, you know, just, it's a fun little show. It's basically, I don't really know. I'm not a, an analyst or, I mean, I'm not a prof an expert or anything like that, but I think it's uh, fun because my buddy, Jake and I, we, we take a bunch of, uh, we talk about what other analysts are saying. And we kind of like dissect it and talk about whether we were buying or we're, we believe it or not. And it, it's, it's just a fun little show. So uh, at, the, at the very least, if you just download, not even listen, we, we greatly appreciate <laughs> that. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much for letting me plug this as well, Taryn. Uh, it means a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, do we have a hashtag for this episode? Oh, geez. Uh, hashtag. Uh, 
this is this was always the hardest thing. Uh, oh yeah, uh, it's it's. Let me just tell you, uh, for anyone that listens to Rob as a podcast, it's like especially when I first started podcasting, and I'm sure you experienced this as well, Jordan. When Rob hits you at the end with, "So do we have a hashtag?" You're like, "No, it's the worst." Why didn't I think of one? Oh no, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's it's tough, man. Uh, I think Kidwell's pretty good at it, um, but yeah, he's he's he, one of the best. He's he's pretty good at it. Like just like bam, he like writes them down, so I think he knows ahead of time. Um, but yeah, hashtag, uh, man, I don't know, I guess, hmm, what did we talk about? I, I don't know if there's anything that really was, is there anything for you? I mean, maybe we could just say hashtag, I love Alex Kidwell. <laughs> sure. Okay. Let's just do hashtag, I love Alex Kidwell. Cause we got to give Alex Kidwell some love, man. I, I love Kidwell so much. I haven't seen him in so long. So, uh, yeah. Hashtag, I love Alex Kidwell. Because uh, why not, bro? Why not? Yes. We will uh, We will be having Alex on at some point, I'm sure. Uh, we can talk all about um, getting punched in the face. Oh, man. I can't wait to hear that one. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> what kind of toothpaste do you like? Oh, geez. You should ask him in his, in some of his experience, his, uh, his advice for dating, too. You should ask him about yes. that as well. Uh, love tours. Yes. What it's like to be bullied. Yeah, everything. Uh, lots of great stuff yeah, to talk about. Everything, with Alex. man. He's uh, he's a jack of all trades. That Alex Kidwell. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, I will be back next week on Tuesday yet again with another guest. Hopefully a very good one, uh, because I would never bring you a not good guest, I promise. You can follow me on Twitter at Armstrong Terran. As I mentioned, you can find the show on iTunes, The Terran Show. You can leave reviews, you can rate it. It's, it's all great stuff. It's very, very helpful, very useful. You can find us on robiswebsite.com as well. Leave a comment on there. Uh, it's it's all all great stuff. I love I love hearing your feedback, and I love how this show can like open conversations. I you know there um, people will come in and message me about stuff that I talked about on the show, and and that's really fun too. So uh, however you want to do it, you can contact me. So thank you so much for joining us. You can hashtag I love Alex Kidwell on Twitter. We will see you next time. Parents asking questions. Looking deeper, that's what it's all about. It's the Terrence Show. So you